Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Tea Time. It is third what the fuck time is it? One thirty one, Saturday twenty fifth. It's one twenty eight November. Right. I think your clock is off slightly. My watch is ahead. Uh that way I beat beat everybody. That's a fair point. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 2023, Year of Our Lord. Today, I have mm-hmm. J-Dog with me. <laughs> yes, yes. Mr. Jack. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing well as, as a known hound. <laughs> I, I appreciate being called J-Dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you want something... Okay, do you want to start off with something easy or you want to start off with something hard? We can go right into it. Well, Hit the it's always running. nice to have a warm-up pitch before striking a ball really well to mm. get the shoulders moving you okay know? okay i had some shit in my head but i i deleted it earlier <laughs> so we'll have to fucking see uh fuck you ever you, you know like fucking energy drinks like you ever drink one and be like what the fuck is this so yes yeah, so i i will routinely go off of caffeine for a while mm-hmm. just so that it has a better kick because like how long my, i'll go like Two months no caffeine just so that when i'm needed again i can have it usually it's in periods of time where i'm not working mm. uh to the same extent like when i was finished with the campaign uh, i gave up caffeine because i was going multiple red bulls a day at that point mm-hmm. and the first time i used it afterwards was a month and a half later i was visiting my brother in miami and he was like let's go out and i didn't really want to drink or anything that night so i just had a celsius not realizing it was 200 milligrams mm-hmm. and bro i was dancing <laughs> bro, i was moving to the beat people were looking at me and they're like what are you on i'm like nothing they're like oh my god <laughs> atypical for miami yeah that's terrifying to be natural in miami oh natural and highly caffeinated at three o'clock in the morning now i knew this one dude he went down to miami he took adderall he said he was dancing till like 6 a.m <laughs> and i was like that sounds like it's bad but that's also kind of awesome what was really cool is that my brother knew the DJ that was going on second that night, so we got there. There was someone to get us warmed up and ready. He went on. He was spectacular. It was a great set. Uh, his name is Chase West. Mm. It's, it's his stuff. It's, it's Instagram. You can go on there and get links to all the SoundCloud and shit like that. Like I remember, it's like, it gets me fucking hype. <laughs> and then afterwards, he was like hanging out with us. We were having a good time, and it was just a great. It was just a great vibe in general. And I'm not really a club guy. I'm. Uh, bit slower pace but quieter works for me <laughs> trying to npr yeah it's yeah, more refined yeah. with my going out have you seen those uh there's this girl on tiktok who does like npr in 2357 it's like and that was get low in the club a tale from the early 21st century about rating mating rituals <laughs> and it's 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 so it just goes and just analyze these songs as if you're like some anthropologist it's very fun how long do you think you spend a day on tiktok an illegal amount of time <laughs> that is negatively impactful to my life i found because i used uh reels for a time i'm you know on and off much like you with caffeine and it is like <laughs> a drug like it's oh yeah and I'll find myself like fiending for it. I'll be like, "Ooh, you I need to sit down." Or like, like I'll try and fit it in my day. Like, oh, I, I, I'm going here. Wait, wait, let me sit down real quick. Go on some reels. Fucking blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay, fine. Now I can go back. You look up and you're like, "It's been an hour. What? Where the hell did that go?" I remember getting off of TikTok and trying to use like YouTube Shorts or Reels to fill mm-hmm. the same space uh, because I was like, "Well, let me just change the app. If they already have my data in this way. Why give it to a third firm?" Mm-hmm. I'm like the algorithm just wasn't as good. Is that what it is? TikTok just knows me because it, it knows when I'm in a weird little mood, give me like weird little shit. Like it's a 30 second montage of a piece of bread falling to Ave Maria, <laughs> and I'm like, I needed that right now. Thank you, thank you. 
Well, TikTok is like, so you want to be the guy from Suits. That's all you want to do. Yep. And um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of, of, of seeing Suits videos everywhere. Oh, like the guy who's like, check out his fit. Look at his. No, 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 no. The show Suits, you know, with Meghan Markle. No, I've never oh, heard. Oh, my God. It's like the number one show like on Netflix right now is this sitcom from, it's starting to be like a workplace drama. But it's really just such low quality crappy <laughs> TV. There's a few clips of that are like fun, but every single episode's like, "What's gonna happen with the firm? Are they gonna find out his secret? We only hire from Harvard." It's like <laughs> this is a fucking joke. <laughs> like, is that what people think that like doing law actually is? The answer is yes. And you know what? What do you mean? Like, because in the show, like, they're all lawyers, but they're constantly breaking ethical codes for lawyers and doing things that are illegal, but getting away with it because, like, it's cool. <laughs> and, like, it's just fucking dumb. Also, you think about it, like, we're, we're the number one firm, but we only hire from Harvard. Then you do not have the manpower to be the number one firm in New York because there's not enough Harvard law graduates. To, to staff something needed of that size. No, but they're the, the top of the, the cream of the crop. They but can yeah. do infinite work. Oh, yeah, they can do infinite. They, because they're, they're breaking ethical rules, they're so they get so work done. so fucking cool, man. <laughs> Check out my suit. <laughs> and then they all get mad and angry and leave. And uh, everything's just a fun time. Did you see the gift waiting in there? In here? Yeah. yeah. Kieran in is the- uh, <laughs> not very cleanly. Probe further. There's a little... A little bundle of joy waiting in the bathroom adjacent to us. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so after watching Suits, you don't think you're going to... You weren't like, oh, I want to be a lawyer now. No, no, no. I, 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 I want to be just not like that. Not like that. My desire does not violate ethical standards and break laws. How are you going to be a lawyer games? then? What is, it, what, do you, like, what is the purpose of being a lawyer? Why would you want to be a lawyer? I like rules. Like, ironically, <laughs> I've, like, this, this, that's, someone who's a lawyer is going to listen to me a lot, like, like, this fucking idiot, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But one of the things for me that's interesting is I like the way that things function. Mm-hmm. One of the best parts of any game being played is before even starting up, going to that book and seeing how it's played. Mm-hmm. And understanding it from there. And the way the society has to function, you need to have a strong rule of law. And you need to have things go consistently with it. One, one of the fun things about studying, when I was studying Rome for a while, mm. was in a lot of areas they left the cultures and practices of the places the same, but they instituted a code of law that had to be followed to allow for consistent business transactions, consistent government transactions, and consistent taxes to be collected across the empire. And Roman law was well-established but not overbearing. And I think if you've got laws that are overbearing and causing issues, those are onerous laws, and you should try to find a way to, well, like, remove them legally. And create where people can act freely but consistently. Hmm. You need to have a strong... You need to have rules that are strongly followed but not restrictive to the people within them negatively. So bumpers. Just so you don't go in the gutter but you all, and you always hit the pins. But you can move around anywhere inside the lane that you need to. It's just don't hit the sides. That's well, then it's, it's about how, how far out of the bumpers, where are you going to put them? Because if you have bumpers that only allow you to roll the ball down the center of the lane, you'll hit the middle of the pins every single time. Well, that game sucks to play. Because mm. the same thing happens every single time. You need to be able to have some freedom, some creativity, and to also to account for the human factor, because your bumpers are in that close. 
some 16-year-old who's a dickhead is going to throw the ball and break the system somehow. <laughs> and you can punish them, you can find them, but then you have to fix things around them. And of course, one annoying 16-year-old is not going to break the legal system, but much worse actors with worse intents than, than that, if you've got a weird something like that, will find ways to break it because people occasionally behave poorly. Mm. And it's finding, well, because it was something I remember um, talking about with Nathan, it was, you have to, like, account for the fact that people are going to break the law. Like, it is, like, statistically, it's like a certain percentage of people are going to break crimes. What do we do about it? Sort of thing. Mm -hmm. We were talking about it in in regards to drugs. It's like, a certain amount of people are going to do drugs. You can't act like nobody's going to do them. So, how do you cater the law towards stuff like that? Yeah. When it comes to stuff like you can't account for the like everything to be followed, so that's why you need to have kind of a sense of vigilance around it, that if the laws are properly designed in a way to improve people's livelihoods and to allow them to fully express their liberty, if you have these laws that do that great, but you're not enforcing them, well, more people are going to flaunt them, they're going to break them. But what about laws that it's like, they're, it's almost like unspoken meant to be broken. Like the speed limit in Florida, <laughs> I think. It's like, legally, you're not supposed to go 80 Anywhere in Florida, but yeah, actually but everybody does. I can tell you that I've seen people going 80s and, and 35 mile an hour zones and 40 mile an hour zones, and while you feel unsafe seeing them, like they're just getting away with it. And I'm not going to want a system like you have in, I think, was it Sweden, where like I got the ticket that's proportional to your income, so you end up getting a speeding ticket that was worth like tens of thousands of dollars as a oh. result of his Like, that's a little silly. <laughs> um, but there's also ways where. Oftentimes, here in Florida, roads are designed poorly that almost encourage this behavior. Mm. They often are like, how do we make a road safer? It's like, well, we want to remove trees along the sides, I'll make it a bit more open, and we'll lower the speed limit. Well, when you see open lines of sight where you can see everything in a clear road, your mind says go fast. Yeah. Because there's nothing blocking you. The way to make a lot of the roads uh, safer and slower is actually increasing like impediments along the way having it a bit more crowded having less room having things nearby it'll increase the amount of minor collisions where you'll see a bumper a fender mm-hmm. something get hit but it decreases the amount of fatal accidents yeah and i guess we'll increase the incidence of you, crashing it's it's crashing yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like oh like <laughs> have people, you seen uh, city scared, beautiful they drive slower i have seen city okay, beautiful okay so you're talking about like the um like they put cul-de-sacs in or they purposely make the neighborhood roads windy so you have to drive slower. Yeah, it's a little bit of that. It's not just like just that. I think there was one road in South Tampa in particular, it's right off Bay Shore, mm. that I remember driving down and I hated driving down as a teenager because it was a one-way road with parking on one side, residents on both sides. But there were so many trees, the park, it was not really two lanes wide, so it was like you had to go slow to dodge the cars that had been parked. And I think it was brilliantly designed because I knew a lot of very poor behaving uh, high schoolers who would go down the road and they would have to go 15 miles an hour because they could not go faster for the immediate moment of thinking, oh, I might hit something. Mm-hmm. You know, did one of them hit a mailbox? Yes. Did they hit a pedestrian? No. Well, that goes to, because, I mean, that's sort of the thing of, that's not the law, though, right? And we back. Um, But it's like, that's, right, changing the speed limit versus changing the design of the road. Mm -hmm. I think it's something different than changing the law, or at least what is the explicit law or the, like, the pointed law. So you change, like, the system to where you're not really changing the law. It's almost like, 
what I'm thinking of people-wise is how would you like change the culture so that you wouldn't have to make the law in the first place? You know what I mean? It's like, what would you do? It's hard to think of an example, but it's like, you know, you would go to, like you go to China, right? And I don't think like marijuana laws there are, it's not something that comes up often. I've heard people say it's like, yeah, you can smoke weed there. They don't know what it smells like. <laughs> and it's and it's one of those things of like the culture just doesn't smoke weed, so you don't really even need an anti marijuana law. But it's like, how would you change now? Like here in the U.S., motherfuckers smoking weed, so it's like, how are you gonna get yes, that they out? Are. How would you manipulate the culture? Is That's, it wrong? Can I, I, don't, you? I don't know if it's manipulating the culture, but more so accurately responding to it and understanding who you have. If you're going to just copy and paste laws from different parts of the globe and put them elsewhere, they're not going to succeed. You saw that if you want to go to like the history of uh, colonialism. like, Oh, we're going to put our exact laws we have here in place mm. without understanding the cultural identity of the region. And people interacted with the laws poorly because it did not make sense for their own circumstance. One of the things with like the Jesuits, which is why they were very good at um, preaching and getting converts, is that they would kind of adapt to the area they are to try to fix it. It's also why they got banned by the Pope for a while, because <laughs> he said, you're changing it a bit too much. Mm. I think this whole, uh, that, I think that came in response, I could be wrong by the time, I think they got in trouble for the ancestral veneration in China, which was very big. Mm. And they were like, that's basically saints. And the Pope was like, that's not how this works. <laughs> And they were like, bro, just trust me with this. And he did not trust them with it, actually. And they disappeared for 50 years. Well, and now that a Jesuit is the Pope, now they get a little squirrely. Yeah. Now it's, that's, that's called the come up, brother. I was going to say, how do you like the new, how do you like the Pope? Is he, is he vibing with you? I've heard him called a heretic. Maybe. The Pope is infallible in matters of faith and morals. <laughs> and them's the rules. Without them's the rules. Them's the breaks. We've had popes who have been very bad actors in the past that were more political in nature but it's hard to compare them because you think of the popes of of the middle ages and they are political actors first and foremost Mm. running the papal states but operating in europe as this important figure now the political power of the pope is not near what it once was and he is truly just a religious figure and while he may be left of many catholics we saw him dismiss that very critical bishop in the united states who was very conservative i think it's important that people are treated well and we think about why is he saying these things that are seen as kind of left of traditional catholic belief why is he saying the things they are and it almost comes down to treat people the way you want to be treated he's this he yeah, but I mean, didn't Kumbaya, he say like gays are fine? Like you could, it, it, didn't he say like, oh, you can be homosexual, and that's like, where the guys who say no? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, dude? I could be recalling it incorrectly, but I think it was more of like they can be as a part of the church. But Jesus broke bread with prostitutes and with sinners, mm-hmm. and he sat down with these people because rejecting a facet of society that often faces discrimination. For one reason or the other, maybe it's because it's being viewed as them having looser morals than as the strictest code at the time. Fully ostracizing them is only going to do more damage to their spiritual health. And understanding who they are and working them is great. We had a. Um, do you work a, for the Pope? What do you? Do? I don't work for the Pope. I just think that he. I, I, <laughs> I was expecting I work, like, no, fuck that guy. I work with a lot of Protestants who hate the Pope, <laughs> and so the Catholic defender in me comes out where I'm like. Oh, what does your pope say? Oh, you don't have one because every man is his own pope to himself if he wants to be. Oh, you don't have a real theology. You just have vibes. 
<laughs> fucking broke bitches. <laughs> yeah, like, like, come on. I, I had this one person where this, this was, this was during my time in DC. I met them at some event, and they were a, um, I would say, a militant um, evangelical, mm. and they were very mad that I was Protestant, uh, not Protestant. They were very mad that I was Catholic, and they were like, "You Catholics, you don't know your Bible." Like, quote some stuff for me, and I, of course I couldn't quote it for him. Cause I'm, and then I was like, <laughs> Can you, cool. and then I was like, can you quote like any theology beyond like the guy you talk to? And he really, he really had no grasp of the theological history of the church prior to like 2015. Mm. There's a lot of shit that happened mm. over those 2000 <laughs> years that are very important for how we believe things. It's not explicitly written in the Bible. It's like, well, we spent hundreds of years discussing this, debating it, and understanding it. Some of the greatest minds in history devoted their entire lives to understanding this better. And to say, hmm, I'm just a dude. This is one of 20 things that I do, and it's maybe the 20th thing that I do. But I think I might know better. I'm just <laughs> arrogant. And I think that... everyone. It's, of course, if I did it, it wouldn't be arrogant. I'd be right. Yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> But it's it's a lot of the I am in control. But I also think that comes a bit of the the American ethos of like every man his own kid. Yeah, the very independent thing, and it crosses over in theology, which is why I think the American Catholic Church is fighting so much with the Pope. <laughs> what well, is? Oh, I mean, that's great. I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, I mean, I was thinking more like that. Like, what do you think of the history of the rules? But that's really um, that is something that I think most people don't think about. Is like. Like, that is foundational. Like, the American history is literally inter intertwined with, no, my religion is the right way to go. Like, yeah. that's the whole point, you know? And it's. We think about the, that the U.S. has been filled with day one of people who are f for fleeing religious persecution and filled with day one from people who really wanted to religiously persecute others. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a mixed bag where you have people who are very strict in their beliefs, but then you think of one of the very prominent early parties in America, the Know-Nothings, mm. who were explicitly a xenophobic anti-Catholic party. That's why they existed. And, of course, anti-Catholic sentiment in the United States is not the main religious intolerance that we <laughs> face today. Incredibly far from it. We're a very welcome set um, to the mainline Protestants of this nation. They have other Abrahamic religions. They tend to yeah. be a bit meaner too. I wonder if you went back in history and be like, you know, what do you guys think about Muslims? I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, they're not, not even on their radar. Of, uh, There's actually a, a really fascinating thing I should send you to. It was about the American Camel Corps. It existed very briefly, mm. and it was before the um, the railroad connected properly the, the Atlantic and the Pacific Coast. And so you had to transport things across, and they're like, well, we've got the Pony Express, what do we do for the southern desertous parts of this country? And they imported a group of camels from the Middle East that was uh, run by this guy who all the contemporary accounts did not call him Muslim. They did not say that he practiced Islam. They called him a Mohammedist. Because that's what that's that's how people in that area are like, like, oh, they studied there. They're about that Muhammad guy. They're Mohammedists. Which is, it's, it's funny to see like the different terminology, but... The Camel Corps only lasted a couple of years because then mm. the railway finished, and rail is much quicker, efficient, and cheaper than camels. Mm. A surprise, surprise. You have to go to a different part, but there are still like monuments in New Mexico and mm. Texas to where the U.S. Camel Corps used to be. 
but if you ask people at that time their ignorance would mean they wouldn't know they they they, I, they wouldn't have this hatred they'd be like i don't know what the, fuck that what guy's the hell doing. is that yeah it's like nobody's mad at buddhists nobody's yeah. like get the fucking buddhists out of my country it's like, yeah nobody knows what they think mm-hmm. but like it's odd because on one hot one hand it's like believe whatever you want to believe religious freedom all are equal but at the same time it's like no that's a dumb religion (laughs) and it's very hard to kind of meld the two ideas i was i was reading recently about the nation of islam Mm -hmm. um and because i'd never heard about it somebody mentioned like um farrakhan and i was like oh who's farrakhan Mm -hmm. and i'm looking into it and i'm reading this and i'm like what the hell what is going on what are these guys doing nobody's even Mm -hmm. talking about this it's like these guys are nuts (laughs) there there are certain movements that are explicitly anti-religious that they're like oh we want to be accepted it's like the american satanists that go through this whole thing where they're like well we're talking about acceptance and tolerance against mm. church things where actual religion our own right we're not just this counter-religious movement and it's like you're the satanists like that's what you call <laughs> if you're really a true religion you wouldn't be have a name that you're meant to provoke to be provocative and specifically attack other people that's just yeah it, it's trying to be a dick yeah you are a response. getting a reaction and so you can't be like oh we're this own thing and a lot of things are of course response to each other and maybe it can grow into its own thing that's properly a set of uh of beliefs but the way that exists now it is trying to be a slap in the face of religions while also claiming to be a religion mm. and that's dope <laughs> and i think i you know what i can i'll say it here and i'll say it loudly i think American Satanism is a little little silly for my own personal <laughs> taste. And I know that might be controversial oh my to God. what a Catholic guy thinks that Satanism <laughs> is is not sound theologically. Those you? twenty people are gonna be mad, Jack. Oh, they're going to be very upset. And I'm 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 sorry, but I'm not going to apologize, which is a bit of oxymoron, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um but like okay, so when it comes to the Pope I I'm I had somebody on here talking about the mm-hmm. oh, the word immediately escapes me, but it was um, it had to do with the the split between the Greek Orthodox Church, oh, the schism, the schism. It was due to the no, I thought you might know it. It's some Latin word about the um, filioque, whatever the fuck it means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I have not studied Latin in quite a couple of years, but um, the 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 point of it is like the Pope being the head honcho mm-hmm. was not. Like, he was not the head honcho for a long time. And then, you know, he's the Bishop of Rome, and then they're like, hey, guys, like, maybe I could be first among equals. And he's like, hey, how about I just be better than you? And, <laughs> and now he's the fucking top dog. He's speaking the word the, the word of God on occasion. He has to, which I always thought was nuts. <laughs> Infallible in matters of faith and morals. <laughs> or I remember um, when Pope Francis got um, elected, uh, it was like he had set up all these gateways across. This was my first uh, year in high school. Um, and so I had no idea what the fuck, you know, Catholics were up to. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were talking about like, yeah, he set up all these gateways where you can walk through and you'll be absolved of sin and stuff like that. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? What are you talking about? Like, to me, it was just so. You're I, like, what the fuck? Catholicism gets a bit more like old style religion-y of like there's a lot of the traditions and there's a bit of we'll say wizardry for lack of a better phrase the pomp and circumstance yes is wonderful and i the first mass i went to i was like this is pretty dope like when i go to a mass and they have 
a guitar, I want to leave. Yeah. I'm not happy. But when they've got that incense going, when you're in a beautiful room, when you hear a choir and an organ transported to heaven. But I have a very good friend of mine who was raised Southern Baptist, who I discussed the, the, what a Catholic Mass is, and they're like, that sounds like it's really boring. And my church, we're going hard the whole time. And I'm like, that doesn't feel like mass to me you know yeah yeah there is a sort of but like respect how i grew up that's the, the culture um, it's, it's easy to be like like what i did was best well no like coming from outside there was like because i had been to like a regular sort of protestant church uh a couple of them because we you know shopping mm-hmm. around for churches for a time and As one does i was pretty hyped because there was a church they had lights and shit <laughs> and a stage and it got dark and it was like <laughs> sort of church and that was i was like let's go to that one and then you know my mom was like no no we're not doing that <laughs> shit um but then i also went to one that was like it was like a proper sort of mega church um and it was for like an abstinence uh like gather like we're all gonna pledge to abstinence some girls talking like yeah i drank vodka and had <laughs> sex when i was 13 and i feel so bad about it blah 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 and I, you know the whole time i'm like i'm not pledging for fucking abstinence <laughs> like i will fuck as soon as possible <laughs> um but that it, it did seem like it was very like it was turned into a product now that wasn't there like um they weren't whatever fucking churching at the time but like it was very much like it felt like it was a business rather than a church now yeah i'm sure the catholic church oh we're we perfected the business aspect of it we're just not as, as forward about it don't worry but there was the 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 holiness of it or like the ethereal like you 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 feel like proper it's almost like when you go into a courtroom you're mm-hmm. like all right stiffen up a little bit like it's it's we're this is a serious place yeah one thing you mentioned that was funny and to not tangent, but definitely tangent. The whole thing's again, a tangent. <laughs> when it comes to the um, abstinence that you talked about, mm. I think that ties back into what I said with the laws earlier, understanding how people act mm. and forming it accordingly, because we see in places that teach abstinence only sexual education, and they push that and they have kids pledge to it and they say they will do it. Most of these kids say that they will when they're pressured by their teachers and their schools to do this. They're shown these terrible things. Those areas have a higher rate of teenage pregnancy <laughs> than places where they have, okay, we know you're going to be doing this. Here's the safe way to do it. Mm-hmm. And so people are always going to behave a certain way. It's telling teenagers at the peak of puberty that thinking of the other person in such a way will lead them to death and despair will not stop them from thinking about that no it will just make them feel really guilty as they do yeah i mean i'm not sneakier about it and and not ask for the advice of people who could help them through the difficult time that is adolescence yeah i mean i don't know about like i suppose talking about it is useful but Mm -hmm. just and i'm not somebody who's very susceptible to doing the right thing quote unquote (laughs) um but like knowing like just how fucking you know like testy and like wound up i was at that age like i don't know how any of them believe that like it works because it's like i knew me about it was like this is not a chance i deflected that fucking abstinence bullet like nothing like like, it's like what do you no idiot like you just instinctually if I think back, I always think back when I'm a kid, and I'm like, oh, I wish I'd done something like this. And I'm like, well, that's 
my mm. modern brain thinking that my brain at the time is not developed. So the adults think like, oh, the children have the same thought process I have because I think this way every mm. single day. I've been doing it for years. <laughs> and they forget that children are weird. Mm. Like, it's the, the it's not consistent amongst them. The brains develop at different speeds and different ways of their home. And they don't have that. And not everything's fully developed. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait, why aren't they acting like rational adults? It's like, well, because they're fucking children. It's like a sober person talking to a drunk person. Like, I... I, I so, this is Sober October, mm-hmm. right? And so, I've gone to bars where it's I had November. never... No, no, I, oh, did, did I had done Sober October. I was like, I was like what the fuck? Um, yeah, just Thanksgiving. We're not on all cylinders here. You're not gonna. You're just gonna get the bullet points. Uh, <laughs> understood. Understood. Um, sorry, but uh, but like that was. I I went out with my friend, and that was the first time I had gone to a bar and didn't drink at all. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to him, and he was saying shit, and I'm like, "You're an idiot. What? Like, why are you so stupid?" <laughs> And then I was like, oh, is this what drunk people are like? Because I thought they instantly slur their words. But it, it was like he was like a normal person. Normal person who just, just a, a, a ditz. <laughs> and, and I'm like, it, and it seems like that's what kids are like. It's like you, you're like, wait a minute. No, no, no. They're stupid. Like you got to you tone it down. There's something so good. fun about the, the foolishness but lack of inhibition. It's one of the, one of the theories. You know, the thing of kids learn languages better than adults. Mm. Well, they're more willing to make mistakes and continue with it and not be embarrassed by those things they'll just like, like oh say the wrong they'll say the wrong things it's like oh you correct them they go through it and they're like okay, okay if you're an adult learning language and you're saying the wrong thing you say it wrong someone corrects you and you get embarrassed mm. so I don't know I, I've, I've worked at a couple summer camps in my time I've worked with like five to like nine year olds which is great so I'm like I can just like vibe with them and they're, they're like I'm like oh do I need to like do any like toddler things with you and they're like no I'm a big kid I'm like Hell yeah. Here's some fruit snacks. Now get in line. <laughs> and it was funny to hear them like, they're like, I'd be like, like, what do you think about this team? Because sometimes they would really care. Like I had one kid who was obsessed with basketball. And I asked him what he thought. He was an Orlando Magic fan. And he was talking about the team. And I remember being like, wow, this kid does not understand basketball in the slightest. <laughs> he is a fundamental misunderstanding of the modern NBA and how defense has functioned. But, it was, but he was really cared. And it was so great to see his eyes light up as he discussed things. And I'm like, that's... No, that's 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 not a thing. And I was thinking in my head, but I was kind of letting him go and I was trying to feed him some information and I would correct him on something. He'd be like, yeah! And he would just keep going with it. It was so... It was adorable. It was funny. But he really, like, he just went along with it. I just talked to him like he was an adult. Mm. And the kids loved it when he just, like, you're like, like, oh, you engage. Yeah. You gotta engage. You gotta have some fun. Also, my friends are very drunk and I'm not. (laughs) I will engage and I will get a big smile like, bro, you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, I know that you're talking. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's all you need. That's all you need. They'll be like, yeah. Positive affirmation goes a long way. That's something I, I, especially recently, you know, I'm still, I'm 24, so I'm not fully online, but I'm pretty much all there. And noticing sort of the, 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 the way you can kind of like push people towards one thing or push people towards the, it's like, you know, not manipulation, but just knowing like when you're talking to somebody and you kind of see like where their emotions are about to go to and you kind of like just softly like, no, 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 we're not doing that. And yeah. they're like, okay. And then they yeah, we'll go the other way. Yeah. Please. But, but you, and you can't be obvious about it, but it's, uh, that's something that's like, it's very interesting. And then when you see somebody who's really good at it and you wonder, it's like, are you doing that actively? Or are you just like, you know, cause to, to me, it's like a step-by-step, like, 
they're doing this. I don't want them to do this. Mm-hmm. How do I get them to stop? Okay, we're going to talk like this. Versus some people, I wonder if it's just like, they're just naturally, like, they just push people. Like, it's not even, like... There's definitely some malintent present occasionally. Yes. Where people yeah. are like, I'm trying to push them to this specific view, which is not mainstream or positive for them, but it's good for me. Oftentimes, it's used for their own commercial benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the subtle pushing along of the narrative, and you also see some people who are just really bad at it, mm-hmm. and those people are fascinating to watch. Because <laughs> you see them try to like change the narrative, and all that does is draw attention to them trying to change the narrative, further reinforcing the previous narrative mm-hmm. they were trying to move from. I mean, you've met people who are like socially just so good, like like oh, social yeah. savants. Oh yeah. What is that? What is that like? I don't think I've met anybody who's like. Like I met social people. I mean, I know you. You you mm-hmm. can kind of turn it on when you when the parents come around. You're like, oh hello. And you're like, you fucking kind of. I see what you're doing. But like, what? You you know, like people who are like really good at it. Yes, it's interesting to to watch because I think I'm related to some people like that, mm. and it's funny to watch them go and immediately like switch. Mm. Something occurs. And if you don't know them, you didn't see that switch, but you but knowing them you see that small tingle and you see them kind of control this room. I have this this, this person who's close to me mm. where it's the I remember one time uh, one of my relatives said to them, if you're mad at them for doing something silly of course, said if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? And he said in response, If my friends jumped off a bridge, I told them to jump and I will be following. And it's like, what the fuck? Damn. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I didn't even know you could make that move. You're like, you're, you're a child. That's a crazy thing to say. But it was a child? It was a child. But it, was like a, it was like a young teenager when it was said. I remember being like, a, like, a, like a eight years old. I'm like, write that down, write that down. Yeah. But uh, like, like if they are jumping over a bridge, I told them to and I will follow. Fuck, man. And I've seen that person with their friends. They follow. <laughs> And um, you can't teach it either. I mean, you could probably learn a little bit, but like... There's so much that's inbuilt in you to be around and watch me engage and have the skills. And I'd only see this person a couple times a year. Mm. But I would see them as they interact, and all of a sudden, they're hurting children. These cats are walking in a single file line. Mm. And it's... it's imp- You almost... Like, I want to learn a certain thing while also not being malicious about it. Mm. Because it's very easy to use that power. It's like, it's like the cult leader ability. Yeah. Of, People will follow me where I go. If it's used for good, you can do great things. You can have a productive workplace, a productive family, a productive life for positive ends. When you use negatively... <laughs> manipulate um, for good. <laughs> manipulate for good. <laughs> so back to the church. Back to um. the church. Well, I was, <laughs> was going to say, well, like Bill Clinton, I've heard, is very, very much one of those people. Or at least I remember hearing something, and, and it's something you can learn of. He remembers your name and a fact about you mm-hmm. for everybody. Yeah. And it's like, that is a good system to have. I mean, just names alone, like, one, you can make people feel bad if you know they don't know your, your name. And you could be like, oh, hi, Martha. Mm-hmm. And she's, and you could tell they kind of like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know your name. But, like, that is something that's just so powerful of being able to go up to somebody and just kind of like, you know, you just kind of like put your yeah. hand on them and be like, like I hey, know you. Leave this familiarity. Yeah. I'm not this person who is terrible to you it's funny with the the name thing because i'm pretty bad with names i my mind is a lot of things running through it and occasionally i forget some names and i, I can always tell when someone remembers i don't know their name and i always tell when someone doesn't remember my name or someone else's name we're with 
And whenever that happens, I just try to throw a lifeline <laughs> where I'll tell a little story. Where I'm like, and they looked at me and they said, J Dog. <laughs> and and then they'll be like, oh, this is this person's name. Thank God. I now know it. I'm safe. <laughs> Throwing someone a lifeline. Oh my God. People love lifelines. Oh, oh yeah. Doing work for them, they're happy. If someone's drowning and you save them, they're indebted to you. If you cause someone to drown and then pull them out of the water, they'll know you pushed them in. <laughs> so, so don't push them in the water. Just get them out. So that's the key. <laughs> that's you got to have key. a pusher with you. You got to have someone who's like a strategic drowner. <laughs> that's enough. Yeah, you bring somebody around who's like, no, I know they're a pusher. That's why they're here. Mm-hmm. They're gonna. They're gonna do what I want them to do. Like they, they are a, a, a purpose-built person. Mm-hmm. Of you, this guy's. This guy's gonna fight anybody who I need him to fight. This guy's gonna push <laughs> anybody I need to push. And this is my group. This is my toolkit of people that I keep around with me. We're getting a little like Machiavellian, but it, like. <laughs> it, that is that is that is an interesting segue into to Machiavelli. That's the, because, I knew I said it wrong. Uh, no, 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 no. Because, because have you have you read The Prince before? I listened to it, but I've, it's not enough. For, I had two different classes. I had this professor in college who specifically studied Machiavelli, and I were reading The Prince and going through it with him. And I think actually being Machiavellian in how he wants you to be versus what the word actually means now is very different. Because mm. people love to throw away like the it's better to be like feared than loved but the whole chapter is about how it's best to be both you really need to be both and but if you can't through some personal failing then it's better to be feared than loved and people are like oh so i'll just behave like a dick it's like no are you are, are, like you're completely taking away the wrong message here you're just misreading it and trying to use someone who's smart uh and thought about this critically in order to be able to justify your own behavior and he wrote because he had seen four different civil wars in a brief time in his life the mass turnover casualties and destruction it caused and he's like here's how one person if you're in charge please just hold on to power (laughs) because transitions of power tend to be terrible for the average person and he was excuse me he was like an administrator he was a bureaucrat he was a pretty normal guy (laughs) he was not like some high flying royalty or member of some important thing. He wasn't a puppet master. He was a guy who was like, I work with the government to try to make things work better. Can we please stop killing each other every seven years where we wipe out a large portion of our male population, spend most of our money, and cause problems that just allow our potential enemies to come in and run over us? Which Savonarola was able to avoid with the French because he was a crazy motherfucker. Uh, rest in peace. Who is he? Oh, Savonarola was this monk that lived in Florence around this time. It was right after the Medici has, Medici's were expelled before they came back as dukes. So he was in charge of one of the important monasteries there. And the French were coming on through Italy. They were going down, and he had this cult of personality around him that got him great power in Florence. The, have you ever heard of the bonfire of the vanities? He was like going this like really strict idea. So he, people throw in art, their expensive clothes, these like vanities, mm. and they burn them in the center of town as like a we are godly, we are we are simple people, we do not need this. And there's been multiple times when he's been up for canonization. 
mm-hmm. almost always led when there's a strong Italian nationalist movement going at the time. So the last serious time he almost became the saint was during the Mussolini administration. <laughs> so just to let you know like how he can be viewed in Italian history. But the French were coming on through and they would end up going through. They would sack many cities. They would almost fully destroy like Naples mm-hmm. uh, during their war path through Italy at this point. And they got to, to Florence and they're like, Surrender or face the consequences, yada, yada, yada. And Savonarola met with them and is like, tonight these events will occur. Lightning will strike this tree. These birds will crow. And they'll let you know that God is on our side and you should avoid our city or else like a plague will go through your army. And the French were like, cool. This guy is crazy. <laughs> and then everything happened. They're like, fuck, we're not trying to make like, We're not testing him. And they avoided it and they avoided the city. He would end up having the people of the city turn against him because he was crazy. Um, oh. <laughs> and eventually, and the Medici's would come back into power. And that same city square where he had at the bonfire of the vanities, he would be um, set ablaze and killed uh, mm. after being found guilty. That's good. Oh, no, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Excuse me. No. Oh, and one more. While I'm on Florence, before I go, there's a very funny legal thing that was there because they were. You think of modern accounting? How we do the double ledger accounting started in Italy. You think it's like the Medici's, those banking families. They're like, how do we ensure money is evenly transferred across this area, accounted for and working? And so Florence has sent a lot of that interesting stuff. But one thing, if we're, they had this method for their courts for all witnesses had to experience the strapado which meant that prior to testifying as a witness they would basically string you up and drop you in a way that would dislocate your shoulders as like a mini little you know torture to ensure you're telling the truth because it's like, like hey like i i promise you this is what's happened like you promised yes what if we drop you Will you still say the same thing? Yes, cool. <laughs> and they did that so many times with Savonarola. They kept dropping him over and over again. Like he was an old fucking man that like, broke his fucking bones. And then he was like, "I still believe this." And I'm like, "Damn, he really is being honest about himself." Well, that means he's guilty. Burn him at stake. Yeah, you think like you think about history and how cruel people have mm-hmm. been. Like just how terrible they've been to each other. And then you look at now and you're like, we have none of that. Or at least not in America. No. At no. least not out in the streets. <laughs> a lot of caveats. But a lot of caveats <laughs> to that statement. You know, don't look at Guantanamo, guys. Hey, hey, that's Cuba. <laughs> but it's it's weird. I almost think well, I don't agree with the ideas that I am thinking, but it's like there's a certain level of cruelty that's a where, core part of humanity yeah. has been the strong abusing the weak. And the figures in history who you can view as being almost like the most morally good are like those who oppose said systems and those who had such abilities and relieved them. You think of someone, we all, people often talk about George Washington, you hear a lot of negative things about him because you know what? Like he was a slave owner and there was a lot of negative things that went on in that property that were bad. But there's also a reason he was so respected if you think about the idea of the American Cincinnatus, the man who was able to give up this power and not become a tyrant when there and no man is perfect we can look at certain actions taken and we can judge them and being a slave owner very bad thumbs down giving up power and establishing a continual safe transfer of power that's existed 
for over 250 years in this country to um, allow it for, for steady, stable, um, democratic government. Pretty pog. If I if I had to if I had to put it bluntly, <laughs> uh, put that in your treatise on, yeah. on stable governments. Yes, it was a pog move, <laughs> an epic gamer moment. I mean, it, was that like unheard of at the time? Like it's it, like I well, say. The reason I called it American Cincinnatus because when people heard it, they thought of the Roman story of Cincinnatus who took the the way that Roman dictatorial power worked, you had it for a temporary period of time during an emergency to have a strong figurehead, and then you got rid of it. Caesar took the dictatorial power in order to do some stuff, and then um, wasn't really keen to get rid of it, <laughs> because most times when people have that level of power, they really want to keep it. But Cincinnatus was called into service. He did these things, and when everyone thought, okay, well, now he's going to go triumph in Rome with this victory and he's going to take power for himself. He returned power to the Senate and he retired to his farm. Mm. And the, the, it's, a, it's a noble story of history. Cincinnatus is a good guy. That's why we named maybe the best city in Ohio after him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you something. Not something. Not, not yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the queen city. Yeah. So second highest in the deck is depending on where you put the ace. Um, but he is he's a figure in history which is respected, which is venerated, and which Washington, I think, tried to model himself after. Mm. But forgotten. I had no idea he existed. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we teaching our kids? <laughs> We're not teaching them about Cincinnati. What the fuck are we teaching our kids? I mean, I didn't give a shit about history. <laughs> so no, I, I, guess ga- I, gave, I gave a big shit about well, history. I, yeah. <laughs> you, you, I, was, I was in class, and we leave, and people were like, what did you get today? And it's like, oh, I got 15 minutes. I got 20. I only got five, referring to how long they were able to nap. And I was like, <laughs> I got four pages of detailed notes, <laughs> and everything is going wonderfully, and I'm so happy. It's like I just hyper-fixated on my education, which was very convenient because I could have easily hyper-fixated on Madden Mobile and had a very good team, <laughs> but of worse grades. <laughs> Do you think, like, looking at history... Yeah, I, I recently have been listening to history podcasts and thinking of, like, seeing the, the conflicts that go on, the back and forth, when I see, like, the conflict in Ukraine, because we got to bring it up. <laughs> to me, I see it, and I'm like, this is par for the course. Like, this isn't... People nowadays act like, like... Oh my God! It's the end of the world, and it—you know—if everybody gets involved, it could be a problem. But if you look at it, it's like a local conflict. It's kind of like, okay, like it's not in my backyard. This is atypical for Europe in the past seventy years, and incredibly common for the past seven hundred. We've had a really weird, relatively to like European history, period of peace that has been occurring since the end of the Second World War. Mm. And now it's like, you talk about the divides within it, the issues within the behind the Iron Curtain. You can bring up squabbles that occurred. You can think of um, what the Civil War in Greece. You can think of, if you go back just to the 90s, you had all the Balkan Wars that were occurring post the breakup of Yugoslavia. There's still conflict on the continent. But I mean, this is the first major conflict that violated the McDonald's theory that no two countries that have a McDonald's within them have ever gone to war with one another, mm. which was true until, well, it was, what, almost two years ago now? 
think it's 21 22 yeah, it was like i think it was march like 22 because mm-hmm. we were we were still in school i had a professor who was ukrainian who was very very understandably upset because <laughs> remember when it when it started everyone's like this is going to be short bloody and brutal and it's just going to roll on through and it's been bloody and brutal but it's not been short mm. it's lasted a long time and everyone's hunkered down i have no idea how it's going to end there's no viable solution at this point that will appease the parties involved but billions of dollars being sunk in globally to kill peasants in eastern europe and it's a tragedy mm. but it's I, I to me it's like why get involved like mm-hmm. what you know i get like you you know trying to burn out the russian military and mm-hmm. shit like that but like i don't know at the end of the day it's kind of like maybe you should just let them have it <laughs> like it's not our dog like like let them have it i don't know it's there's that idea that everyone pushed against back against of like the united states being a global police force mm. which is has mixed views not only domestically but internationally and there and people started pushing back against the idea of like a global hegemony under the united states but we're seeing now these european countries who are like oh we don't want the u.s to be in charge that they're like well maybe i prefer america over russia and china mm. and russia way less so russia is not going to be a large factor but they have to choose like do i want to play under the game of america or do they want to play under the game of china as a gold power because when we were the only one following the fall of the soviet union it's easy to be like well there's one guy at the top so fuck him <laughs> and we happen to be up there so they 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 would behave as way. But when there's two options you would prefer, even if you think one option is evil, you want the lesser two evils. So you, you see, the United States has this influence on every single country. We mm-hmm. have that. We have some form of relation where we're giving money or playing some balancing act to get something done. And our European allies really want Ukraine to win, and we're giving a lot of money to them. You can talk about transparency by the Biden administration for how money's being spent. There was that letter this time, I would say late January, early February, where a large group of senators and representatives reached out to the White House and said, we need some accounting because you're saying we've spent somewhere between, I think at the time, it was like, oh, they were like, we spent somewhere between 106 and $114 billion. What do you mean? There's an $8 billion <laughs> wiggle room? That's a lot of money and at the time that was as much money had been like provided by the united kingdom to the fight Mm. it's like the amount of potential i don't know have we spent this was the amount of like other large nations spending on it Mm. there needs to be some level of consistency and accounting that is occurring i understand if some of the accounting is classified because they don't want to say oh we're sending this specific system in this way but sinking money into a conflict without an end in sight without an idea of how some form of resolution can occur will just continue leading to the powerful butting heads and leaving the weak to bury their siblings Mm. do you think it's almost like inevitable though just conflict in general not necessarily ukraine but you know you can only have one top dog for so long before somebody else comes along like the stability is unnatural but now that everything's sort of 
crouped up now that everything's globalized it's like the results are a lot worse you know you could have a conflict between two countries in Europe and the people who die are from those countries and they die in that place but now it's oh we have almost like continents going to war North America versus Asia like what you know you're, then you're, you're, you're basically asking like what will happen if like the interconnectedness of, of kind of global capitalism uh, if that falls apart like what happens because there's certain countries that if they were cut off from imports a large percentage of their population would not only be unemployed but die of starvation mm-hmm. famine because they have moved away from making food because well their competitive advantage is not lie in food production because of how much land they have or something else they can buy cheaper from elsewhere than they can use that land to make something else with and so i don't know how, <laughs> how if, if the system that we've operated under for the better part of a century if that falls apart what will happen there are pe- a lot of people have very differing views some people say that it can't fall apart once again, going kind of back to that, that McDonald's theory of, 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 of war. Yes. Countries that have these connectedness will never fully fight with one another because... Unsinkable it's, ships. It's, it's, <laughs> it's mutual assured economic destruction. But people are stupid. <laughs> people are stupid. And people... A lot of um, economics relies on people making the best choice for themselves. Mm. Surprisingly... People often don't make the best choice for themselves. <laughs> well, and you see, you know, I've seen it with Ukraine, but even more so with Israel. The, like, people feel a lot of ways about these wars. And it's not even like, like, you can kind of see almost a blind allegiance. And it's, and it's like, you know, you know, we're not Israeli. Like, I'll, I'll talk to people in my family, and they're very much, like, on Israel's side. And when you try and say, like, well, you know, there's a back and forth. They're both kind of dicks. People are like, no, no, no. They like they they vehemently refuse yeah, to say that's anything. Not, that, no. But it's, that's, it's I think that that's that's how most of these conflicts have always worked. The enemies or whoever we are allied with are on the side of good, and whoever we are against are evil meanies who but I see, like, do terrible things. But these these people are in charge. You know, you're like. This yeah. is these are the people who are voting. This is the people who are getting elected. Yeah, and and it's like you know I'm not saying you should have a bloodline of kings who are pure and <laughs> abstain from. Well, the bloodline you know. of kings, they were known for being like, okay, well these other, I have the mandate of God on my side, yeah. and I'll use that to strike down the force because the Lord is on my side. And they're both saying that to their own armies before they clash, and then all of their underlings perish. <laughs> Like that um, was fun. <laughs> like, oh, what a, what, a, what a casual season that was for sporty hunting. I remember you talked about um, this is at a gathering, mm-hmm. probably a couple of years back. But you were saying how in World War One it was like these were cousins going yeah. to war. It was uh, Wilhelm of uh, of Germany, or the, and then um, Nicholas, sorry, Nicholas, assigned, wrote the letters to their Willie and Nikki because they grew up together. And because they were literally were cousins, and they were like, "Willie, please stop with this. I don't want to go to war with you." Signed, Nikki. <laughs> Nikki. I'm sorry, I have to come to my allies' aid. I have this agreement with them, but I really would also like to not fight you. Let's see if we can get them to stop fighting. Like Willie. <laughs> like these. These are these are friends. They grew up. They're they're all buddies. 
the incestuous system of European politics. I Let's think go. like their grandmother was the Queen of England. Like <laughs> it was Victoria was their grandmother. And so it's like it, all these interconnectedness uh, of these systems, these uh, these elites are tied in certain ways. They're making poor decisions and they're they're doing these things while some of these people I, I doubt Willie and Nikki were like, Oh, the purpose I'm gonna make my people fight them. And I think that they're explicitly in the wrong or explicitly in the right for this. They probably thought they were correct and the attempt was wrong, but not like a hundred percent God's on my side thing. But that's not how it was sold. Because mm. also we see these people, uh, like these the people, politicians that are running the world and saying these things openly. We're seeing how they interact with the public, not how they interact in private. We're speaking yeah. on them being like, oh, this is clearly a black and white thing. I support it. Please reelect me so I can get more money or less money or just bomb them all to hell. Uh, what works in your district is very important. Mm. It's weird seeing the... Uh, yeah, it, you, you see the facade of the kind of, like, story that, you know, the facade of, like, you know, go get the bad guys. And then you wonder, like, yeah, what are they actually thinking and then it comes down to what is, like, what what is the goal? Why are we doing this? Is it is it a moral reason? I don't think the United States is necessarily a moral actor. We are not, you know, like... <laughs> We're the, global powers act self-interestedly. And if someone's doing something where you're like, oh, that doesn't seem like it's in their immediate best self-interest, why are they doing it? Either they think it's in their self-interest and they're dumb, mm. or you are not understanding their play but more likely that they're being dumb. <laughs> well, it's like, the, the, you know, the countries are like unruly, like they're, they're beasts that can't really be steered. It's like, you know, the people going to war, like in Europe, it's like, oh, we had these treaties and like, oh, I'm sorry, Nikki, I don't want to go to war, but like the the machine says we have to. The, yeah. I checked the machine, like it's <laughs> got it, you know, I can't turn this ship around. Like well, we're going to crash. The, the complicated system of treaties that led up to the war, they all thought that they had solved war. Mm. And that it would never happen again because of the way they'd signed these things. And then the Serbian black hand, the nationalist group, was like, well, I think Franz Ferdinand should have a hole through him. And that meant that the Austrians want to go for the Serbians, but the Serbians were friends with the Russians because they were both not friends with the Ottomans. And they had worked together um, a, almost a century beforehand on getting the Ottomans out of the area to ensure their protection. They had religious ties to one another as Orthodox churches. You, you, like if, if, you were, if you were in the heart of Belgrade, you would more respect the religious opinions coming out of Moscow than coming out of Constantinople mm. because of the divisions within the Orthodox church. So they had ties there that were deeper than just we signed this treaty a few years ago. It's like, well, we feel like we have these bond to these people as their protectors in these ways, but also we are part of this large European incestuous family, so I have personal ties elsewhere. Mm. It wasn't like the Tsar was beloved. In the middle of the war, they killed him and his whole family, <laughs> uh, which is, as a historical note, not Pog. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of an L to a be bit of an killed by your own people. We try to avoid that when possible. <laughs> Brutal death. Yikes. Subpar. <laughs> I, I would say far from par. That's the thing we get in the cart afterwards. You say to yourself, well, I better do better next time. <laughs> 
Yeah, if life is a video game, you think he got up and he was just like, fuck, dude. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he, 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 like, he like respawned <laughs> some small German duchy and was like, Maybe I'll just escape safe scum and I'll go back to the <laughs> point and see exactly where I messed up. I'm trying to replay it from there. Sometimes, but like it, it, thinking about it as, you know, right? We talked about humans aren't necessarily logical actors. We don't always do what's in our best interest. And I think of countries almost as like this super organism that has its own <laughs> personality mm-hmm. and is, it's more complicated, yes, but it is just like a single person and that like, It'll do stupid shit for emotional reasons, mm-hmm. like you know. It, it's it's very much a you know what fuck you like a, you know. And it's like there is so nice. much you know what fuck yous in in, in, in in national politics, and it's driven by the kind of general you know what fuck you-ness of the people individually. Mm-hmm. And so I think what's best talking about like manipulating the culture is like how do you get the culture to have a like. You know what? Let me let me take a breather. I'm mad right now. Let me take a walk. I'm gonna come well, back and then we'll seen, decide. We've wins. seen those cultures being manipulated at the national scale in order to form around those charismatic people and their tools and to form societies where there's one person on top who's got this great charisma and he manipulated people as a whole, and now he's the dictator of some country and he's going to oppress these different groups and do terrible things. Mm. Yeah, because if you're reserved, it looks like you're not getting anything done. And then it's prime for somebody to come and say, I'll do something. And you're the people who are like the peacemakers who are like, let's work together. Let's compromise. Think of this. And a brilliant peacemaker can solve so many problems. Mm. And a terrible peacemaker was everyone involved in Weimar Germany. (laughs) You create room for a bad actor to take advantage of the scenario. But it's very hard. Like, people say, like, the moderate is the hardest position to hold because you're fighting on both sides. People mm-hmm. saying it's not enough or it's too much. And you have to, versus just going, oh, I'm one. Yeah, not I'm only that, the way there's also a lot of people who are weak ideologically that fly to try to be a moderate because they don't think they have to take a stand. And then you have people who are very ideologically moderate and they're trapped because they're associated with people who don't have strong feelings. If you're on the far sides, left or right, you're not usually there because you're a little wishy-washy. Usually you're pretty committed to that bit. And you can have different levels of intelligence that bring you there, as we see from people who speak on both sides and mm. say sometimes occasionally enlightening smart things and occasionally foolish things, mm. dumb things where you're like, wow, I should... You discredit your movement as a whole due to your own personal ignorance and trying to speak for it. And then you people in the middle who are like, oh, are they wishy-washy or are they actually established here? But on the side, you only have someone who's like wishy-washy. You just have people who are dumb. And then you have people who are dumb and smart, wishy-washy, and committed. Mm. But knowing this, I guess, being that we are the youth of America, <laughs> we the youth, we... Like, I, I'm wondering what should we do now that we know this? You know, it's almost like, okay, we're here and people didn't really, I mean, you know, I guess people knew this all along. This isn't new information that's coming along in the modern era of like, oh, everybody's an asshole. I didn't realize. And now that we can look and read our history books, we understand this. But it's like how, you know, taking this into account, a certain amount of people are going to be stupid. A certain amount of people are going to commit crimes. How do we account for this 
in the way that we govern. You know, how do we mm-hmm. how do we account for stupidity and also, you know, because you would say, oh, people are assholes, be moderate. Well, then you're leaving the gap for the dictator. So mm-hmm. how do you, you got to go like think 10 steps ahead. Yeah. You know, what do we do? Because it's, like I said, it's like no no one person is really driving this train or driving this car. But like, you know, what? I don't know. Most people can do nothing. And people take that as being like, oh, a very doomer statement. Like, I can't have this impact. Everything is worthless. And they fall into this pessimism. And that's not what the doing nothing means, is that they have the power to change a much smaller level at their own community through their own good behavior, good morals, good action through caring by being a great sibling, a great parent, and trying to raise people around them to be better. That is a, a, a what looks like on a national scale, a small, minute impact. If you're able to improve the lives of four people in a nation of 300 plus million, well, that's that's a very small percentage, but not everyone can be the few people that are in power. So you have to do what you can from there. And I'm truthfully, I'm really optimistic. I think the world's getting better. I think there's problems. There's always been problems, but people are living fuller lives. Mm. People, we've got different advancements going on every single day, and it's easy to focus on all the negatives. And I'm very optimistic. I, was say, I don't know about fuller lives, but we can talk about it. <laughs> the, the, don't, 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 don't try to Ted pill me. I was going to say, fucking doom scrolling on your phone is like, I'm so full. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I am, most people, the best impact they can make is... Do it, like living life and being kind to others mm. and trying to improve their day to day. Very local effect. If you think about the line, all politics are local to an extent, with the increasing dysfunction we have in Washington, if you want to see your day to day get better, if the United States is sending $3 billion or $2.75 billion to like Honduras is going to have less of an immediate impact on someone who lives here than your city council fixing the roads and getting your park up to standards mm. and making sure like the things you do on a day-to-day basis work. A lot of times people focus on the largest aspect of the picture and they're focused on the house as a whole when they themselves are sitting or standing on the spot where the ground is unpaved and they're sinking in the mud but they're and they're like i'm very unhappy with the construction of the house it's like well we should maybe put the floor in that's mm. right underneath you and get the thing for your spot settled because if you're going to be upset with how it's being done elsewhere in a way where you cannot immediately impact and can't get close immediately impacting then get your thing settled and then worry about it <laughs> Yeah, it's like somebody sinking in quicksand and wondering, like, do I believe in God? It's like, get out of the fucking quicksand. What are you, like... There's sinking in quicksand, and they're like, I heard there was a a, a rumbling um, a thousand kilometers from here on the other side of the jungle. It's like, well, by the time the rumbling reaches you, your bones may have already decomposed. <laughs> so let's free ourselves up for the moment. But it's it's... You know, and, and maybe that's a product of just like our newfound ability to communicate. We're not yet used mm-hmm. to the fact that 
oh wait i can pay attention to national politics whereas mm-hmm. before i was like in the 1800s you had no idea what the fuck was going so you on had, you're like oh the, the monthly paper came through but from a source that is directly purchased from one of the parties telling me what to think oh i think that this is correct mm. well yeah. but like you would focus more on your locality just because you had no real access mm-hmm. to the whole machine and now mm-hmm. we have access but you know it's like you know humans aren't supposed to know what's going on on the country <laughs> which is like ah uh, okay but like we have it, more information than we could have evolutionarily dreamed of having yeah and i think information's really cool i like numbers quite a bit i like <laughs> knowing things little I like factoids. it's a good little time but objectively it's not v- knowing about Roman history and the heroes within it is not helpful for tracking down an antelope. Mm. And I probably should have better cardiovascular health <laughs> evolutionarily. But that's not the environment you're built for, no, right? Like no. we built the system. And that's, you know, I, I And do, we're changing to fit the system. Yeah. Well, so my problem is like I, I'm very concerned. I want to be optimistic, but I'm just concerned that it's like this is a very finely tuned machine and like all finely tuned machines if one little thing goes wrong it fucks the whole mm-hmm. thing and so it's like you know this unprecedented unprecedented time of peace this unprecedented amount of communication look at all this technology look my clothes are from china and my food's from argentina mm-hmm. look at that and it's like that whole thing could fucking collapse because it is just a delicate system it's a bit hardy but you know like mm-hmm. the, the amount of logistics well, we saw we saw with COVID how a lot of issues sprung up and the ways that's like okay supply lines were getting heavily disrupted and people weren't able to work what's going on here and we've tried to make adaptations it's easier to work remotely Mm. now for example but also we're seeing a push for reshoring or nearshoring of pulling things that were once far away that are more easily disrupted to bring a bit closer to home and while that does have an impact in the, the greater globalization idea it's trying to respond to these issues that come up because we don't we know what could be the issue but if you prep for every single possible thing you're going to leave the house covered in bubble wrap from head to toe Mm. and it's near impossible to maneuver it's timely and it's expensive yeah it's absolutist you Mm -hmm. can't yeah acting like okay sex is bad just don't do it it's like people are going to do sex all right well we got to prioritize you know, the fucking buck two trailer trash is probably going to fuck a lot more than this young kid with, like, a future ahead of him. So let's focus on those people, on telling them not to have sex. Or, you know, whatever. Not to be classist or something like that. But um, Yeah, it's not that they're having a different amount. It would be there. They have different resources available to them where you'll see affluent people from urban places in America have... We'll, we'll be like, okay, well, I have this underage pregnancy that is unwanted. Their access and cultural backlash for getting an abortion at age is polar opposite to someone in a smaller, more conservative part of the country. Mm. So those are just different options that are available to those people, and it's not to put that one group over the other and say, oh, how could you with this poor behavior? It's like, well, you've got different outlets for it that are more accepted in your social sphere. If you transplant it one and put them in the other, they'd be a fish out of water. I remember going through these small towns in, in western Ohio and talking to people there, interacting with people there. And I was like, I really can't be myself because 
even though I don't, when I go meet, see people from the heart of Manhattan, I feel like, okay, well, like, we have some differences here. They'll view me as this, this not necessarily a hick Floridian, but a little bit like that. Mm. First, I, I saw the people there, and they're like, you're one of these bi-coastal elitists that's causing us problems for our ways of life. You're one of the domestic enemies, mm. per se. You're foreign. Yeah. I'm fo- I don't live that far away, but I'm foreign. I remember one time I was going to this meeting. I did not know I had a meeting that day. And I was driving up there, and I was driving up. I was wearing, as I can do often, but not right now, a very bright colored floral shirt. <laughs> and I realized that that shirt would play terribly in the room. So I stopped at a Walmart on the way, and I got a $6 red polo. And I just threw it on. It didn't fit me that nicely. It was this weird shirt, not a great material. And I got there, but I fit in. My nicely tailored fitted shirt that has this great cool pattern on it was terrible for that room mm. and it was the right thing to not wear because it's, it's different although it feels normal to me and it's the knowing that these differences occur and you try to go in if i try to go in there with that and be like hi i'm different than you i'm not you i'm flaunting it in front of you and i want you to listen to me because i'm smarter than you mm. is a recipe for people saying actually no you look like a fool and I hate you. I'm not going to, I'm actually going to disregard what you're saying because you annoy me. And it's more of being, it's not just being a chameleon. It's also sort of like a bowing of the head of like, mm-hmm. I will respecting dress like Respecting how people behave, respecting their, like their culture. Yeah. If you're going, like just going in and being a blanket, like I'm a dick and I have to be myself and you're going to be like me is not a way to get people to be on your side. Mm. Yeah, you have to make the people feel like they're being heard. And, you know, you make them feel special. Like, and people don't want them to be treated like, just do what well, I more say. more important than making them feel heard is listening. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Sometimes I, I say dumb shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, and no one's 100% right. Hmm. Um, sometimes you have a desire where you're going into that place not to listen, but to yourself be heard. But competitions are give and take. Mm. If you're only... Take it and take it and take it and take it. You just want it. Take it all. And you're giving nothing back that people want. Well, then you aren't one of those super charismatic people who knows how to work a room. Most people will not follow you off of that bridge. They will push you off it and chuckle as they walk back to their cars and go home. Mm. Yeah, that is a... It's... Now I lost that thought. <laughs> Brilliance. Experts. Yeah. Professional, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, but it is. Yeah, how would you, you know, being a social manipulator is like sort of the trades is like knowing how to do the trades right to where you're profiting, but the person is still willing to trade with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm making money off of you, but you don't realize it. Versus if somebody realizes they're losing money, they're like, hey, fuck yeah. you. And it's not necessarily like a negative. T- towards it right you, you can persuade them to make the correct decision or what you believe to be the correct decision but you know telling them it's like yeah. you know with a drunk person it's, it's, yeah you're like go to bed if you tell them like get in the fucking bed they're gonna be like no fuck you i'm gonna no, fucking I'm gonna, run no, no, yeah it's, it's it's actually i'm gonna go to the sun and go down the street to get them cigarettes yeah yeah um, <laughs> but if no, you're like hey buddy like, like, like i think this this is like a cool like are you what do you think is better of these two things and they're like 
I think the bed sounds better. It's like, then you want to go to bed? Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, I was leaving a party one time when I was in college, and I really wanted to go. And one of my friends wanted to go as well, but we had four other friends. And I was like, okay, we're going to get them to leave. But we're gonna, if we tell them we're leaving, they're going to stay. But we need them to leave with us because we're not leaving them in the state mm. in public this far from where they live. And we're going to one and saying, that, like, hey, um, if so-and-so and I and these other person who has, I had not spoken to yet are leaving, are you going to come with us? And they were like, oh, my God, if you're doing yeah, yeah, like, of course. And then I went up to the other person. I'm like, hey, like, so-and-so's leaving with us. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're leaving, too. Okay, I guess we're all going together. And I met up. like, oh, really? We're leaving? Okay, okay. And I went along, and I'm like, both these people wanted to stay. <laughs> they, were, they were being a little intoxicated. And they, so I led them to a, to a solution that worked very well for their prolonged health and afterward you're like yes like, afterwards my buddy was like they wanted to stay a little bit and i'm like but we would have had to have stayed and it would have been worse and we were being a little bit selfish and you know what maybe i was being a rude 18 year old to a certain extent mm. but hey you you went home <laughs> but um back to like the 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 locality of knowledge mm-hmm. i guess what i'm wondering is like do you think people shouldn't know what's going on at the national level or we should like emphasize local problems more like in the news for instance because that's really what people should be concerned about people should have access to the information but there should be a greater emphasis on local events the reason there's not is because it's not as profitable for news organizations like you can, if you're reporting on national things, you don't need the same amount of people across the place. You can have a greater consistency of quality because it's a smaller team that's much more easily overseen uh, by these larger publications, which allow them to reduce certain other costs mm. and kind of consolidate to be the most profitable possible. We saw a lot of local news get bought up by these national things. We see your, your local CBS runs certain segments that are identical to CBS stations across the nation. It's not just like a CBS thing. It's mm. the, the, and, and it, it removes some of that feel to it, even if it's like, oh, this seems like it may be local. It's like, well, not really. <laughs> you, have you ever seen that, that, that clip on Twitter where there's one news segment? Like, and we know that people have been saying that as a news thing, we're being on like this, but like we're all working together for you. And there was thousands of newscasters mm. that read the exact same clip and you put them next to each other and just it sounded really dystopian yeah yeah you see that you're like oh fuck but it's, one, it's one larger conglomerate has all these local things and mentioning these stories that can work everywhere is easier for producers to push out and mm-hmm. it's more profitable and it's easier and there are some spectacular local journalists in this country who are trying to better their community but they are getting drowned out by these larger corporate voices that yeah. are trying to make money off of the news more so than inform. If they're informing people, it's nice. Well, it's like Walmart. Is. You can't compete with Walmart. Like, yeah, a local store might have some more local goods kind mm-hmm. of thing, but like Walmart can come in and they have the resources to just be like, fuck you. They standard. come in, they come in, they push out things and they raise prices after they've pushed out the local things and all of a sudden, instead of that money staying in the community and getting filtered around the community, the money's being sent elsewhere, being sent and, and is acting as almost a drain in the community. If you look at a lot of rural areas in the northern Midwest, there are so many dollar stores. Mm. Dollar General, Dollar Tree, 
dollar x y and z and they go in there they disrupt local grocers they disrupt local businesses and help them close down and then people are stuck with this thing where instead of hey i know tim down the street operates the shop we'll work with him for for this reason to get stuff done it's corporate entity that we don't know does this and they're not going to have that same personal feel they won't be able to re respond to the full desires of the town the needs of the people and behave with the human element that is needed for fostering these communities and fostering relationships within them is it bad though is it like because it's almost like anti-capitalist to be like ah oh, these big businesses are coming in and ruining things blah 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 and i'm not saying it's an incorrect point but it's uh like how do you kind of utilize the power that it has it is a good system to a certain extent it works really well at doing mm -hmm. one thing so how do we channel that power into i don't know maybe making walmart's more localized or some <laughs> shit like that you know it's like there was a um i don't know if you've been to Miller's Ale House, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what they did or what they're doing, but I remember it's like in Brandon, there's a Brandon Ale House, or you go to Orlando, it's the Orlando Ale House. It's mm -hmm. like, it's a systematic way of being like, we're local. Look at it. We changed yeah. the name to be the, oh, this is the here Ale House, <laughs> but it's actually a chain. But you think yeah. it's like, oh, well, that's ours because it has our name. It's like, mm -hmm. how do you sort of standardize individuality? <laughs> you know? <laughs> The rules. The rules. The laws of the land is that, once again, you have to... You don't want to have something that is too restrictive. Say you have, like, the invisible hand as the, the classic metaphor where you don't want... You want to be able to be free to operate. But oftentimes, these companies take monopolistic control. They're putting artificial chains on the hand that benefit themselves because they have the power to do so. Mm. And that's where the role of a lot of the government is to come in to kind of remove these chains. The government's trying to chain it up more in their own direction. Mm -hmm. That's just creating new chains that's going to cause issues. You have to remove, remove the monopolistic power. You think of like the antitrust acts and what they're able to do in the United States in the early 20th century. You think of a lot of some modern tech examples where you have these oligopolies that have formed up that it's hard to work within these rules, but they've maintained this great amount of power. Mm -hmm. And they're able to use that power to take that hand and tie it to a certain direction and force society there and use their power as such. The government should be there to break bonds not to create one's separate areas because we've seen what happens when governments try to create their own monopolies mm. and their own power is that all of a sudden you have something that's supposed to be run in an efficient-ish manner uh, for the kind of a profit-driven ends to get the best for consumers being driven by people who have selfish desires that do not necessarily relate to the thing working well but for their own personal career and move up we see I used to live in the city of Chicago Mm -hmm. Shout out Chi-Town, lovely place. Gang, gang. Wonderful people uh, I met there who were from there, who cared about that city, had a great town. But it's called the Windy City, not because of the gales that come from Lake Michigan, but it's for the corrupt politicians who are there who take these pet projects they have that will help them go to higher office, they believe, take millions of dollars from the taxpayer, and they burn it. They throw it all away for their own gain. And the people are left having spent a lot of money and have gotten nothing. And maybe this person is now an alderman. <laughs> it's, it's, 
And all, sometimes they, they aren't an alderman. They're in jail for corruption. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you got me. They're incredibly wealthy and are going to live their own private life off of the back of the taxpayer. Um, there needs to be stuff in place to not have those kind of bonds made by government that that restrict people because they want their city to be great and chicago has a lot of issues and it's not inherently the fault of the people within it but of the weird system that's corrupt up there as this inefficient kleptocracy mm. i mean what do you how do i get in on that <laughs> <laughs> i want money jack well first first you must throw away um the moral backbone. Done. That, okay. <laughs> well, shit, that was quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm Wendy, baby. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> well, it's 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 also kind of the knowing the right people, right place, right time, mm. and getting into the trusted spheres of bad actors, which I don't know some other aspects of your personal life. Maybe you <laughs> could be there. Maybe you could, but it's 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 about it's about opportunity and circumstance you don't walk up to like a, a mayor and be like hey i want to be corrupt with you let's <laughs> let's do this oh, okay. I, I heard that you're like a piece of shit who uh, <laughs> gives people money if they want it i would like some of that money please <laughs> you got to give them something um but i i think those people who are able to avoid those trappings get a lot of respect and deservedly so mm. i was watching something recently about um a scandal in Italian soccer, which ended up letting this is this is two decades ago now, which like Juventus was sent down, like the top performing team ever was sent down like a couple tiers because of the transgressions, and basically they had just max match fixing. Mm. They were paying referees to fix matches, and there was this one guy, this bald referee, like he's on the cover of like a like a like a two K O five soccer thing. Like you saw the referee. That's how mm. prominent he was. And there was transcripts that were revealed during the court proceedings where they approached him. They were like, hey, you're doing this very important match because you're the guy. Could you ensure that this guy maybe gets sent off before halftime with a, like, a red card so that we can ensure this result? And his response was like, fuck you. I love the sport. I love this game. You approach me ever again. Like... Even like I'm gonna assume this is a joke. If it's not a joke, and you ever approach me again about this, I'm taking you to the police immediately because I'm not going to not do my job. I love being a referee. I love the game. I'm gonna protect it, and that's like king behavior right there. He loved the rules. He loved the rules, man. He loved the rules, and he lived by them. And you know what? It's better to lose honestly than win as a fucking cheater. Mm. And some people are like, no, it's better to win than lose no matter what. It's like, no, no, no. no. Yeah, I don't know, bro, because it's like you're working at fucking Walmart and you're like, yeah, I'd rather fucking be rich and be evil than fucking work at Walmart and be just. Yeah, the problem is is that being rich and evil, a lot of people want to be rich and evil and they will try to <laughs> abuse you and do things. And what you have in that case is you don't have the protection the rule of law allows mm. when you're trying to be evil in that way. You're under its own scrutiny and the bad actors elsewhere. If if you do, if you wrong the government, they take you to court, they prove it, and they'll punish you. If you wrong a criminal cartel, they won't prove it, um, but you will. You could talk to Saint Peter about it. For example, <laughs> you, when you're at the, at the pearly gates, you're like, hey, like, is it really my fault? <laughs> like, yeah, well, they, they, you you are you are sleeping with the proverbial fishes sooner than later. Mm. There's not this real recourse. 
that is kind of instead of the rule of law it's like the rule of power and I think that's kind of also playing out like the global stage right now and kind of the US-China dichotomy you look at these countries that are working with the Belt and Road Initiative mm. and China's trying to do this stuff with them where China has this power they're pushing onto them and then they're like oh wait this is a bad deal and now we have a ridiculous amount of debt China can we work with you to solve this and they're like pay me <laughs> that's how we solve this and they try then in terms of the west and the legal structures we have there and we see these like corrupt politicians in a lot of these countries make a ton of money off it and they make their money but why do they have apartments in new york and paris and their money's in western banks although they made it off of these these means of power because they want to double dip into systems hmm. they want to obtain money through use of power and force but they want to protect it with the rule of law and we're for the most part allowing them to behave this way which is i think a huge failing of u.s foreign policy is we're allowing these actors to get away with the best parts of both world if you're going to exclude yourself from the system of law and use raw force you should not be allowed to turn to law to protect yourself from the forces used against you i don't know i think depending on what we get out of it it is the case of, I guess, moderate obeying of the laws. Mm -hmm. I obey the law most of the time, and it, it's generally good. Some laws I break sometimes. I speed, but I don't murder, so it's okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, is it that much of a tragedy? I'm not advocating for people in positions of power to steal money from other people and, you know, take it for their own selfish means, but I'm saying... Is it that big of a deal if a dictator steals money from his people in a little country as long as we kind of, you know, have good relations and we can put a base there? It's like well, often the way they're stealing it is not just like... Yoink! It's, it involves... <laughs> <laughs> as dictators do. Yeah, as they do. It involves threats and acts of violence. If the advisor to a sheik is using slave labor that is coerced... Um, You've, you've seen the stuff with in like Qatar when they're building some of the stadiums during like the middle uh, during like the lead up to World Cup, World Cup thank you um, there was the reports of like these laborers that were being brought in from India and from Bangladesh where they were being made promises and they arrived their passports were confiscated mm. and they were forced to work for fractions if at all what they were promised and put into terrible conditions. If they then own a Ferrari and a Rolex that is parked in uh, outside of Central Park, if something happens to their own country, mm. they have protection elsewhere. Mm. And it's not like, okay, we're because in the United States, if you're trying to pull someone in, to be like, okay, I coerced them over here and I stole their passport and I'm forcing them to work for basically next to nothing. When that's discovered, you face the penalties yeah. of, 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 of your action. But if the penalties aren't here, instead you just get to keep those assets. It's not good. Mm. And it makes me a little sad. <laughs> I'm I, sure it makes people who are directly back at it much sadder. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You know, and I'm poking light at the thing just because it's like, oh, we're talking about it while sitting next to like a ping pong table in the United States like this is just very like vibes um, <laughs> and they took their passports oh. yeah. <laughs> what a pity for the peasants what a pity 
Um, I don't know, but it's like, there's a quote, it's, uh, when you live in a graveyard, you can't weep for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we can't, not everybody gets the rule of law. There's going to be certain people who are, you know, a couple slaves, but as long as we don't have slaves here, we are prioritizing us. If you live in a graveyard, you can't weep for everyone. But you can do your best to not add to more fucking graves. You don't yeah, like, you, don't you, you, don't, you don't have to kill people. You don't need also. You don't need to gloat over them. Mm-hmm. You're like, haha, rip bozo. It's like you can understand those grieving and give them your support. Yes, but it just doesn't seem economical. It is the you know. <laughs> What's more important to protect like the the economics of the situation? Or good behavior. I mean, it's justice or profit, I guess. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little optimistic lad, and I'm like, well, maybe there can be justice and profit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's occasionally seen as a wild idea, but anything is possible, you know? I know, but it, I, I, it's just a certain level of optimism that I think is very... Right to the side of optimism. It's it, I'm, moderate optimism. I think is good, but you know, some people are like it's going to be great, and some people are like it's going to be terrible. And normally, it's kind of okay. It's somewhere I in the middle. I am very, very probably recklessly optimistic. I am a happy little camper that thinks things are going to go great. Maybe to to my own downfall. I was gonna say, is that naive? I I do think I'm very naive. <laughs> like I genuinely sometimes had things happen, and I'm like, mm, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> I should know that's occurring, but I'm, I'm happier to live in a bit of naivete than to be ignorance in is bliss. Not even ignorance is bliss. Sometimes it's like this raw hopefulness. <laughs> I'd rather live with a sense of raw hopefulness than raw pessimism and negativity, because I do believe that there's good in everyone mm. I believe in the possible redemption of all souls that there's positive things can be put in by every member of society how every catholic and, <laughs> and hey you know what it does if the pope is meeting with a group of what you saw like this was past week you know with the group to have lunch with a group of transgender women mm. and there was a big like what is he doing to blah 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 there's still people mm-hmm. and if he's got this opposition to what they are doing and there's this pushback that Catholic doctrine should be against this, it doesn't mean that these people lack humanity for it. Just because someone is believes something different, behaves differently, it's important to still reach out to them. We have chaplains in prisons for a reason. It does not matter if you've committed crimes that may stain your soul forever. You've taken the life of another. That person is a child of God. And work can be done to maybe not free them. They will never become a proper part of society again. Mm. But to save their soul and make them a proper part of the like eternal community of God. Mm. And there's a lot of places in the world where they'll do terrible things. They'll behave poorly and people will suffer. But it does not mean that people who are doing these awful things are pure, inherent evil. There's something driving the action that's not just malice. 
mm. and to ascribe everything to malice is to have too a black and white view of it but also i'm i'm my little, my little catholic boy in me is like people are nice <laughs> he said he said it's very like i i the one thing that i idea i struggle with that i think is not very catholic of me is the idea of eternal damnation and the idea of redemption for all souls because i'm like if every soul's redeemable shouldn't purgatory be fucking packed but hell be empty mm. because there's a way for these people to progress to have the savior for the light that's in their soul why be damned mm. maybe there's a lot of work they gotta do in order to be saved but that salvation is possible and but they should have done more they had direct action on earth but there's a lot of time in infinity <laughs> to um, understand oneself and the soul and to have that salvation occur. Well, I think, it, you know, it is very much like people have reasons for doing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, you know, like when evil people are, like you see a serial killer, it's like, well, they're not doing it just to be evil. It's like they have a reason. They're they have a desire. They hate their mother. Yeah, they hate their mother. It's like, why'd you fuck, why'd you fuck that lady's head? Well, I hate her. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Now mm-hmm. I see. Now we can play ball. It's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It, sometimes it's just a lot quicker to say, fuck your reasons, fuck you. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and maybe it doesn't matter also, like understanding people's reasons, right? You can understand the reasons why somebody's a serial killer, but at the end of the day, they're killing a bunch of people and you can't let them do it. What they're doing is bad. It's not like, like oh. Yeah. I think understanding and accepting are not the same thing. I'm like, oh, I get why you did what you did. Mm. However, what you did was bad and you shouldn't have done it. You mm. deserve to face consequences <laughs> for your action. You can, you can understand someone without agreeing with them. It's like, uh, uh, I think it was like religious tolerance. It's like, I'm not accepting you. I'm tolerating you. <laughs> I, yeah. I will tolerate like, like, the Rastafarians. I, like, I think you're wrong, but like, you can live your life. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, uh, there's often these people online who have these political arguments. And like, if only you understood me, like how I understand this, then you would agree with me. It's like, actually, I understand what you're talking about really well. I hear the exact arguments you're making. I think you're wrong. Uh, no, I, I th- and they're like, they're like, no, you you don't really understand. I was like, no, 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 no. Let me tell I you, do, I do. I just disagree, and that's a thing you're allowed to do. I'm a. If you think, oh, someone understands this idea, there's no possible way they could disagree with me. Maybe you don't understand it. That way. Maybe you don't understand what they think very well, and you're simplifying this for your own hopefully not nefarious purposes <laughs> i think there's a certain night or like there are niches for people like we need people to be wrong <laughs> <laughs> you know like like it's, how else am i gonna make money at the sports book yeah if there's not an idiot <laughs> who really thinks that though i almost made fun of my own sports team <laughs> I, but that made me too sad to think of the, i started thinking of the new york jets and i got sad and i abandoned the analogy <laughs> But somebody's yeah, somebody's got to root but for the shitty team. Someone's got to be a New York Jets fan, <laughs> and I hate that it's me. But <laughs> next year's our year. <laughs> but um, or the like, team's got potential. You need psychopaths because somebody has to go and kill children. Ah, 
<laughs> Wait, let me, let me, let me, let me. Oh, yeah, please rephrase that. Uh, I, I do not agree with that. No, um, 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 no, like, right? People got to go to war. Mm-hmm. At some point, you know, wars. You know, we we don't need war, but like, war is going to happen. So we need a certain amount of people who are cool with killing mm-hmm. people because we got to get we got to kill some people. You you know, <laughs> the, 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 that's their I, niche, you the, know. We were in high school and I had a teacher quote the, the Bo, Bo Burnham special, which is a funny way to get to it, but like the war, huh? What is it good for increasing domestic manufacturing? <laughs> Sometimes steel production in the uh, along Lake Erie needs to be higher, and for that to occur, atrocities will be committed. You gotta kill a couple people, but they're Japanese and, and, and they're far away. <laughs> So don't worry about it. And it's not it's it's not like the killing is a good thing. Well, we're not happy that we killed all these people. I don't like how sarcastic you said when you said that. <laughs> I never said I was happy about firebombing Tokyo. <laughs> but you know domestic manufacturing you know, you you heard the song. <laughs> it is it is so fucked up too. It's like a lot of people died. And it's really terrible. Uh, <laughs> one small I don't sound convinced that I need to to make that it does not come across on audio mm. is that every five minutes or so this chair I'm sitting in is broken and sinks a little bit more <laughs> so that I have to like adjust the microphone to be lower and lower and it feels very very silly <laughs> because I'm just looking up at Eric from a much lower angle as I'm practically on the ground now. Well, and that's just like the government because <laughs> sinking into the swamp. Yes. Well, I think it's um, you know, talking about rules, designing rules, it's like you can't make one concrete government say, "We made the government, it's done, it's over." It mm-hmm. don't ever mess with it, just keep it doing what it does. It's like you have to constantly change because times change, technology change, people change. So it's like you're never going to have a stable like it is a living thing it's going to age and decay and die and you'll make a new one I don't expect the you United to, States of America you have to conserve the principles of you, the rules well, or change them to be better yeah you conserve what works and throw away what doesn't but throwing away everything is throwing away the baby with the bathwater. yeah you have to understand what works what ideas work and potentially how to adjust the specifics of those rules those laws to match the modern times. But what I mean is, is is more of like, you know, I don't expect the United States of America to last forever. But, you know, that what are we going to do about that? It's, it's, what it, we do is we establish the United States of Jack and Eric and overthrow <laughs> a local government and fight to the death in order to preserve what power we have. We're going to fucking take it over, bitch. We're going to fucking... <laughs> <laughs> But, like, I don't know, it's, I guess it's, like, focusing on the daily task of governance versus, I'm acting like I govern, but, like, <laughs> we got to focus I on... To, I used to work with governance. All right. <laughs> you know, all right, we're going to build these fucking roads. Yeah, you know, we might, like, the county might not exist in 2,000 years, but right now we need roads, and you don't need to focus on 2,000 years from now. But you should have some foresight. Speaking of counties not existing in like 2,000 years, if I had like dictatorial power, I would reshape most counties in the United States and rework how they work. I dislike how there's such a different amount per state. Like Florida has 67, Ohio is 88, like Louisiana technically has parishes, not counties. I think there's like mm-hmm. 104 of them. Um, 
<laughs> the one guy really upset about counties. He's fucking stupid. Bro, fucking. Bro. <laughs> in the state of Virginia, there's counties, but also independent cities that are part of counties, and they have different rules that are overlapping in strange jurisdiction. And I just want to take a pen to the map and redraw it like I'm Sykes and Picot. <laughs> I see why the, those Europeans drew the maps they did, because it's fun to draw maps. <laughs> they do it poorly, because they didn't take into account other information we have nowadays. Or they had then, they just didn't care to have it. You ever gone on? There's these websites where you can redraw congressional borders. Yeah, I do that all the time. I fucking love it so much. <laughs> I go through it. I'm like, how do I create areas that are consistent across states with like demographics uh, and like and, and not just like race, but gender, age, socioeconomic, and it's so difficult. It's such a fun puzzle while also having them be shapes that make sense. <laughs> like oh you want to make this thing it's you can have to. i one time made in ohio they have 15 i made 15 stripes that led from as far like close to cleveland to cincinnati like like across the straight like thin like mm-hmm. sometimes it would cut through an entire county getting like one house <laughs> and i'm like wow this is this is gerrymandering in a very silly way <laughs> Sounds like an interesting way. Yeah, it sounds like you found your niche. <laughs> oh my god! You're, you're, it's like there, you know, you're doing that, and there's people who are like growing corn who are like, who gives a fuck about the wind? Like <laughs> they're like, they're like, I care about the county I'm in because it changes certain tax rates and what I can do in regulations. I don't need it shifting like how you want it to. I like that the county I live in was established when the state was established however many years ago and it's remained the same since then. It doesn't matter that their county has 5,000 people and the county three away has millions. No, no, no. But I'm saying like like niche-wise, it's like Post Malone's not worried about counties. But that's not his job. (laughs) (laughs) Like Post Malone was not built... And his not like his niche has nothing involved with counties basically no. at all. Maybe something with like a concert, but like we don't and we don't need Post Malone being like singing about counties. No, no. we don't need him going up there to be like these are the metro areas in the United States, and here are the the DMAs and how they function one another in terms of ad prices. But on, next, on my desk, I have this large poster that's like two feet tall three and a half feet wide it's a map of the united states with every single dma so it's like the media market and every single one is ranked where they from like one to like 206 and i love looking at where the small ones that are ranked super like zanesville ohio has its own media market why because it used to and it's in a weird little spot and it's right like 204th in the country i love that what do you mean media market like the New York media market would be a large area around the city where you're buying ads that are going to be shown to that whole kind of segment there. Mm. And the media markets will have different costs. So ad, getting 30 seconds of ad time in New York will expose you to a very large amount of people. So it costs a lot more versus 30 seconds of, out of ad time in Glendive, Montana, which is the lowest, the smallest um, media <laughs> market rating in the Content in the United States are smaller ones in northern Alaska, mm-hmm. but smallest one in the continent of the United States is going to be significantly cheaper, surprisingly. <laughs> but it allows for kind of more regional decisions. It'd be fun to like 
run a really intense ad campaign in the middle of nowhere and just convince everybody to like put mayonnaise on everything or just something absurd <laughs> just fuck with a little town and they don't realize it because they don't leave no, a lot the, the, the thing is they would realize it because <laughs> the media people in those media people talk mm. and the guy who's selling the commercial spots would be like you're being a dick right now you are you are aware right? <laughs> yeah. and you have again like those local news things where larger things have a very big impact where they're like hey um we're talking to everyone around the country from our thing. Why are you only doing this here? Should we be concerned? Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> like, I have money and I want to fuck around. Like, mm-hmm. fucking... That would be... Oh, just like... I just carpet ball Montana with, like, Heinz <laughs> advertisement. I don't know why I'm fixated on condiments, but just... Bro, you're, you're like... You're this thing, you're like, what if I just change the culture of this place to be even more mayonnaise based than like, it is now what can i convince somebody to put mayonnaise on can i, I get them to put it on holy cake? war in the mountain west against margarine <laughs> fuck margarine <laughs> well fuck margarine yes but <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw my sandwiches to be tasty all my sandwiches to work all well, my, my sandwiches to be lovely work. yeah what's up with sec- sandwich technology these days when are we when are we gonna it's, invent it's, a new it's kind, of, it's kind of stabilized for the most part what you see this? certain things what am i looking at you're looking at score of the game that's going on right now and how it's gotten very close oh, in the fourth I quarter you have zero interest that's a very good point <laughs> i got a notification on my phone like close game alert it's an important game and i'm like wow this is fascinating and eric couldn't give less of a shit it's, this means nothing to me <laughs> it means it means a decent bit to me it's i i want to know football i want to get into football I, I think i've told you this before but like it's just it seems like necessary you know it's like you should know a little bit about the stock market to be able to live yeah so you should know a little bit about farming a little bit of football to be a proper blue-blooded american you should know a couple knots and have a team (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm just looking right now and there's there's some interesting scores going on in this rivalry week we have here rivalry week rivalry week Widowy, it's widowy wivelby week. Always shit is going down. Yeah. But um, how do I how do I learn football, Jack? <laughs> I want a football so bad, but I don't care that much because the, the my biggest problem is like it'll be Sunday and the game will be on and I'll be like. I'm not watching that. I'm busy being asleep or doing anything if, else. If you don't care. It's really hard to learn. <laughs> it's really hard to care. It's like I got to just pick a team and get invested and just watch. I think if I just watch regularly, that'll be enough for a while. I, I, and the watch sometimes you have to almost be forced to watch regularly. Now, this is not. My girlfriend now cares about Formula One. I watch it habitually mm-hmm. every single week. I don't just watch the race. I watch qualifying. and I'll watch as many of the practice sessions as are, are viable. When I'm working on Friday, if the practice sessions are very early in the morning, before I woke up, I will listen to replays of them, hmm. which is, I think, atypical for like the American fan of it. My girlfriend, who's not a fan of the slightest, or wasn't, but now has been forced through her wanting to spend time with me. I'm like, hey, I'm going to wake up for this. She's like, okay, then I'll wake up too and I'll spend time with you. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. You're so wonderful. Um, and she was like, okay, so what's going on? And so I started explaining what was going on. Now she kind of knows what's going on. She kind of cares because she found these things that were interesting to her in it. And so having someone who you're doing the thing with is important. However, she has admitted to me the first couple times that she watched a race with me. She was like, 
well, I'd way rather be in bed right now because this is boring to me. <laughs> but it has changed, and she was wanted to make this change. And I watch certain things that I don't necessarily like. I'm not a big fan of the 90 Day Fiance series, mm. but I know a lot about it now. <laughs> But I'm, 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 this is, if that's the, a trade being made, I'm very happy to compromise to get my room rooms in once a week. <laughs> but it's like you're like a sports. Like there's some people who like know about football mm-hmm. and like they dabble. But you're just like a sports guy. You know all the sports. You watch the sports. You can't stop. Oh, it's basketball yeah. season. Someone's going to watch on. the sports. It's, it's, it's the activity. Oh, hitting around the ball. Oh, this guy's fighting now. It's like. You're just a sports guy. I grew up in a, in a sports guy <laughs> world. I though. feel retarded. <laughs> you're no, you're no. a sports guy. Sports. You said this, and, and um, it makes sense, but I grew up in a household that cared about all this stuff, and also a household where we cared a lot. Mm. A lot. No, it seems like every time I talk to your dad, he forgets I don't know anything about sports, and yeah. so he's like, sports, right? And I'm like... No. <laughs> and, and he's, and he's a, like, why not? And he's like r- routinely disappointed. <laughs> He'll be like, hey, sports? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, and fucking, like, oh. you're useless. <laughs> cool. We have nothing to talk about right <laughs> yeah. now. And it's not like the only thing, but my, my family really cares about everything. Like, if you find something, <laughs> it makes arguing exhausting. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, this random topic that we did not know about previously within three minutes will become the center of the universe before fading out forever again. <laughs> but for those three minutes, if you dare bring up margarine, I will stab you with the fork <laughs> in my hand. It's an inferior spread. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Nutritionally, it's poor. Come on, guys. Like, get it together. Like, I, it's, that's an f- interesting thing. Like, the, the, like what? What the fuck's up with your brains? Like, how do you? Is like, is it genetic? Is it cultural? Can it be learned? I think to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, because I'm, I'm interested. You know, I am not a. I'm not a cleaner. Mm-hmm. I don't clean. I clean, but I don't like it, and I don't do it habitually. Some people. You don't cook. You don't clean, but you can tell us how you got that ring. <laughs> I eat hot chip. Charge my phone. <laughs> not bisexual. Uh, Speak the truth. <laughs> but um. It's it's and so like I've thought about trying to like uh, genetically m- manipulate my children. <laughs> so, so I'm like, all right, I don't clean. I'm not a cleaner, so I gotta marry a cleaner so my kids will clean a little more. <laughs> I think it's 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 a, it's a nature nurture type thing, but um, I, I think my family is that because my both my parents were from very large boisterous loud families mm-hmm. so no matter what was being discussed there was someone there excuse me who cared mm. and so there's always something there's always a heated discussion going on and you're a child and you want to be part of it well if you don't care you can't really be a part of it because this <laughs> whatever's being discussed someone cares about so you get in and it's not like a well, dear, did you see the news today? Oh, how terrible. Or, oh, how lovely. Oh, great. Nothing more. If you get the yelling, batter, 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 like shots being fired, either you learn how to shoot back or you hide behind cover forever. But it's more fun to shoot back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's like that, I guess, where the genetics comes in of are you going to play ball or you're just going to be like, I don't care about anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to talk. And then everybody's like, yeah, that's Ron. He's no fun. Yeah. 
fuck Ron. Fuck Ron. He's fucking weird kid. He's over there just like, once we bring up Warhammer, I will be ready to <laughs> dominate the discussion. Go. But until then, I will be at peace. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck is a Warhammer? <laughs> do you have um, like 15 minutes of small talk that you can do? Like, do you have a, a set of small talk that you can do with anybody? I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> I, I think I have many different sets of 15 minutes that I could merge together. But um, not to, to be someone who, who toots their own horn mm. or, is, or is talking about themselves in a highly way, which is can be rude. I think one of the skills that I have is that I genuinely think I can talk to almost anyone for a set period of time. But it's impossible to be like, oh, here's my my. I got I got I got uh, like a tight fifteen that I can do every single time, and it works perfect. If you say the exact same thing every single, not only is it boring, but it usually doesn't work with the person you're talking to. So you have to kind of go off of them. And some people, it's really hard. It's so hard. Really hard, and you have to try to pry and find the one thing. That's why it's like. I wish I cared more because most of the time I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, it's not worth the effort, effort to fucking talk to you. Like, if you have to, if I was being paid to socialize or something like that, then it's like, all right. Oh, yeah, you like fucking margarine, buddy? Let's talk about that. But, like, well, that's interesting because, yeah. you know, I've never been a big margarine person myself, but what, what brings you to it that you think that I'm missing? As you think to yourself, their spread is terrible. <laughs> well, it's like... Okay, you can't. Weather is just very played mm-hmm. out, but I found that while it is a joke, people do talk about the weather. People talk about the weather all the time. I talk about it all the time with my coworkers. When I have nothing else to say because sometimes it'd be cold <laughs> and I'm chilly, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm chilly too." <laughs> Facts, and we're all chilly together, and that's fine. We're allowed to all be chilly and be like, "Hmm." Bonding mm. or cold, but I mean, sports is very much a weather-like topic where you can kind of like local team test. Good? Oh, not good last night, but maybe good soon. Maybe mm. good soon. Mm. Does he play the way the other guy plays? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well he does this other kind of play. And just it's, in the same way, if you get someone who really cares about sport, you could be like player advanced statistic, player other advanced statistic, and like not heads. Mm-hmm. If someone really cares about the weather, and you're like, oh, is it a La Nina year in this? Weather Ooh. front's building up over here. Mexican They're weather. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's raining tacos. <laughs> that is, that is, that is it. It's a, <laughs> raining perros and gatos. That oh, is wow. not what, what a La Nina is. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy to hear your enthusiasm for learning. <laughs> the culture of my mother's family. Yeah, <laughs> They don't use humidity. They have humidors. You got me there. That is for certain. <laughs> but I found I, I, I like I want to work on it. But I'm so bad when you like you know when you just like you you end up standing next to a person and you don't know them and you can't ignore them. Well, you mm-hmm. can, but you shouldn't. But you, you really want you to. kind of do like the hi hi blah 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 okay goodbye goodbye and you just kind of stand there mm. and do your own thing. I love to chat. I'm not an Uber chatter. If my driver is like really trying to chat with me, mm. I'm like, I'll play ball, but I'm not doing so happily. <laughs> I get, so, I've gotten, some, I've gotten some funny stories from it <laughs> where they say things, and I'm like, wow, you really are saying that with your whole chest, like honestly, like, uh, like, like, 
you're dead ass right <laughs> and there's humor behind there yeah I had some guy telling me he was writing his book and he really wanted me to read it <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm never gonna see you again yeah I think that the best experience I had with something like that was I was in Chicago and I was going to this museum and I was going with a friend of mine uh, two friends of mine who were of Polish heritage and it was the Polish Catholic American Museum because there's more Poles in Chicago than Warsaw mm. like it's it's a, it's a Chicago people don't realize it's disgusting there. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you say there's a lot of, there's a lot of Polish immigrants in Chicago <laughs> which means you can get some good sausage um, and so you're going over there and they are left separately I was in an Uber by myself and as I was uh, when I plugged it he's like you going to this place and I was like Yes. He's like, are you a believer? <laughs> and I looked around the car and I immediately saw the Mary in the dashboard, the rosary hanging. I saw from the music that he had muted that it was some form of spiritual. And my mind, I'm like, I could say anything right now to end this conversation. But I'm going to say yes and I'm going to engage. And I went, yeah. I, I I take it very seriously. And he was like, Amen. And we proceeded to talk about his relationship to God for twenty minutes. He was mostly monologuing at me. He was telling me about how he had a brother who suffered from drug addiction. He and his brother were both drug addicts together and he found God, but he's trying to refind his brother because his brother's been like lost for years now. Mm. And will pop up randomly around the country as he's been called from as far as Albuquerque requesting bail. Where he's like, I haven't, I didn't, I, like, what's good? Like, let's talk. I'll be there, blah, blah, blah. By the time he gets there, somehow he got it posted and he's dead left town. And it's like, what? The, like, he's just this transient character. And I'm going through this whole time. And he's asking me these in-depth theological questions that I mostly know from just having studied theology in school. Mm. And every time I got one right, I don't think he knew that I had studied it as a part of my education. Mm. And it's like, holy, this kid is about it. Because he thought I learned it the same way he did. From personal interest, going to it, engaging with it, not just being around it. <laughs> and he was just going in and telling myself, he ended up missing our exit. And I ended up being 10 minutes late. And <laughs> because he was so just engaged in the conversation. And he dropped me off and he was like almost crying. He was so happy. And, like, I didn't really want to chat. But it made him really happy. He enjoyed his day. And I'm like, you know what? If it meant that that, if that meant that much to him, the conversation we had, I'm very happy that we had it. Mm. And I was able to then sit quietly, look at some winged hussar's armor at the museum, and be like, oh, look at that. <laughs> I can imagine a successful cavalry charge with that on. <laughs> um, the, the museum had a whole section that was like, the only Catholic part of it was just Pope John Paul II, uh, St. Pope John Paul II, and a whole section being like, did you guys know that he's Polish, and the Pope, and the saint? All right, and now everything else in Polish history. <laughs> I don't know. That's the only time. That's the only good experience I think I've heard of with people who say, "Do you believe in God?" Well, if you tell them, if they ask if you believe in, I got stopped in D.C. a few weeks ago by some guy, and he was really pressing me to go to like his church, but I had heard of their thing before. And I'm like, Ooh, "You guys have bad theology." Like y'all are y'all 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 are t 
taking a specific translation of the Bible and using that as if it's like the the real word and taking it too seriously. We chatted for like half an hour because I was being a baby a bit too polite and I don't want to be like, I need to leave. Mm. Not that I need to, but I just really want to. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to come to our church. And I'm like, I go to this different church. <laughs> he did not like that answer. <laughs> and that was not as positive an experience, but that guy also had way worse of vibes. The guy in the car, I wouldn't have said yes if he had like these awful vibes. All right, we're back. Yeah, thank you for patience during that ad read. Yes, sports <laughs> sports occurred. We watched. Michigan has defeated Ohio State, and the people wearing blue are happy, and the people wearing red are sad. Let's go blue. <laughs> Better color. What if that's a personality thing, like whether or not you like blue versus red? Are you a blue or red kind of guy? I'm a blue guy. I'm a, kind of, I'm a red kind of guy. <sighs> Fuck. I think it also depends on your own household, where my older brother was a blue guy, so I was a blue guy, too. Well, then I'm just playing second fiddle with a different shade of blue. Yeah, so you can't be blue guy. I went red. And you know what? I, I prefer not to be dead. I prefer not to be red in that context. But in this context, I think it's a rather flattering color on me. Hmm. I almost... Well, I, I, we're, I'm glad we got the politics out of the way so now we can talk about what's your favorite color? What did you yes, do? yes. I think there, there's a lot of value in a chartreuse. Although children don't use it as much because it's very long hard to pronounce name in comparison to red or blue <laughs> well you don't see like yellow people it was like pokemon everybody was <laughs> no not like that yeah uh oh uh oh you're racist uh-huh. <laughs> um like you remember when uh pokemon go was out you're red team blue team you look at the yellow team you're like what the fuck's wrong with you i've met yellow people they're weird I was Team Instinct, the yellow team in Pokemon Go, not because of my allegiance to the color yellow, but because I used to play Pokemon competitively, and I've used Zapdos on very many a team, but Articuno and Moltres are not viable in, like, Gen 3 OU, while Zapdos is a mainstay in the tier. That's a fucking <laughs> bitch reason. Fuck that. It's, it's, it's like, my, my, it's, it's, it is, it is. You do care. A silly reason. I do care. <laughs> the reason I care is because I have played thousands of hours of Pokemon in my life. I see these quizzes on TikTok. Like, Can you name this Pokemon to people on the street? And I look at them like fools. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how many Pokemon I could name. If someone's like, name as many Pokemon as you can. I would want to have something written down in front of me so I could make little tally marks because I'll forget what I did not say or already said. But I could easily name hundreds. Do you keep up with the new Yes, Pokemon. I've played the newest games. I don't see much. It's kind of like, it's over, man. It's done. The point is I like it. They did it? And so I do it. They've been doing it. Stop it. It's not done. <laughs> They're finished. I'm pretty sure we don't need another... <laughs> Oh, it's a rat. What does it do? It's electric. Who would have thought? Fuck it. <laughs> it's, it you well, know what, what if, I mean? What if, it, what if it has a cute little paws? It also oh. punches things. Mm. Like, that's different. That's, that's slightly the different. The Pommy family is the Pikachu clone of the most recent generation. <laughs> and they eventually fall to be an electric fighting type. It doesn't look very feisty to me. But I think they're cute. 
don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, there's something fun about games as with the sports. Like it's fun to do this. Is this providing great substance to my life? Am I improving as a person as a result of the time I've been putting into this? The answer is, for the most part, no. Am I happy with the time I'm putting into it? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so much fun. I guess that's what it's about. What I've makes spent you happy. hours on YouTube in the past month watching this. Guys, it's called ADV Revival, which is Advanced Revival. He's basically running a Gen 3 OU tournament. So this competitive has technically been out of date since 2006 with the release of Generation 4. We're on Generation 9 now. Mm. But this format is really beloved. And so he's running this tournament that they've raised money for a prize pool to make this incentive. And they're making like they're putting like vods out of games on YouTube that are being commentated over that maybe have like in the low thousands of views, like some have like a thousand to like ten thousand views. And I'm one of those viewers for almost every single one of those videos because <laughs> I am like I'm like oh my god, he really he really predicted the T-Tar perfectly, got the focus punch, and annihilated one of the strongest offensive players from the tier <laughs> off the bat. How will this game progress? <laughs> I'm fascinated, and I'm not learning much things of, of, of traditional value, <laughs> um, which I like, to, I like to listen to things that I think I'm like learning from or enjoying, but I also like to enjoy myself and my enjoyment recently. A lot of it has come with competitive Pokemon. <laughs> That's interesting. I found because uh, I'm the opposite. I'm like, mm -hmm. if I have something extra, like free time, I'm like, I can make this useful, mm -hmm. which isn't. It's not that it's fruitful. Mm -hmm. It's just it's like, oh, I'm at the gym. I'm gonna listen to a podcast. It's educational. Am mm -hmm. I listening to a podcast? Get something that's useful. Don't listen to fucking dumb shit. You know, like yeah. stuff like if I'm reading a book, it's like, was well, this like a smart book or is this like the Harry book. Potter? Like, what am I reading? But even then, you could like books that are not merely educational. Uh, if they're well written, you can learn some stuff about prose. You can alter the way that you write and speak as a result. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like you can. I don't know. You, you can have a balance where you enjoy the thing, but you also make it a bit useful. You know, you, you sneak a yeah. couple veggies in there. Mostly, I, I'm not like if I'm watching it, I'm like sitting there staring at it and there's nothing else occurring. It's like I'm usually doing some kind of work where I've got to get this thing done. I need to have some form of other stimulation because my silly little mind wants as much dopamine as it can handle. And so that's the thing where I don't have to touch it, but I'm getting something I want while I get some stuff done so the dishes are being cleaned while I'm doing this. I'm listening to something that is immediately like strictly educational and is not as entertaining. I might, and I'm doing something boring, I might start conflating the two a little bit and get a bit more bored if I'm watching it like strictly entertaining while I'm doing something um, that's like very boring. Mm. I will ignore the boring thing I'm doing and just be entertained and I'll get this important thing done. That's kind of mindless. Hmm. It's like I cannot for the life of me listen to a podcast while I work out. <laughs> when I work out, I have to have something. I've tried and I just, I just, I just lose it because I start resenting the people I'm listening to. <laughs> I have to listen to a little bit of music so I can dance as I go along. <laughs> I mean, it's used, like for running, it is like I, I'll listen to a podcast when I go for a run, and then in the last two minutes, I'll put on a song, and it's like there's another mm -hmm. gear. Like, there's that power that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. But I'll do it with, I'll have different types. I'll have my calmer songs, and when I need it, I'll be like, doom, 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 doom. I'm like, okay, 
we're going up. Mm. I'll put that, all that 15 degree incline mm. on the treadmill. I'll turn up the speed a little bit. Let's fucking go. I, I, people in my gym and my building, it's a very small gym, usually I'm by myself. They're not by myself. I'm not by myself, but I really need the energy. I'll be doing my uphill thing. And I'll start like moving my arms, like dance with the songs I go mm. on, because it gives me that. Because I really enjoy it. I want to be happy. I want to have fun with it. And they look it's, at me like I am a fucking crazy man. Like, but I'm like, hey, I'm just here to grind, brother. <laughs> I'm trying to get through it. I'm sorry that I've got a big little smile on my face as I'm heaving and puffing, and that I'm I'm, I'm doing some form of. I don't know what this dance move is called. <laughs> like rolls your arm like a little wave of sorts. I think it's fun. <laughs> I rather enjoy the fun. I mean, I think that sounds like a good way to end it then. Yeah. Enjoy the fun. Enjoy the fun. Um, be happy. Be nice to people that you know. And if everything seems doom and gloom, it only is a little bit. <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Thank, Thank you. Love, love. Praise God.